everybody, and welcome to episode 550 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Michael Whitmore Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and join us at the $20 level, or any level below that if you just want uh, extra episodes that we upload there, 80s in depth, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who else is joining me? Ah, Viceroy of Mischief, Chris Antista. And I just finished Loki. Evil Matthew Allen, which you would understand if you could see my goatee. Right, I'm sorry, yes. my Van Dyke right now. Oh, that's Van what that is. Yes. <laughs> it's a Van Dyke. I guess the goatee is just on the chin. The goatee is just the chin. Van Dyke is when the mustache oh. connects with the goatee. Know your goddamn facial hair expressions, please. I will not. The Robert Downey Jr., yes. Yes. Tony yeah. Stark. <laughs> I, I heard it. a great... <laughs> Awesome nickname for Elon Musk today, by the way, I, that the I hadn't asshole? heard before. Is that Phony the Stark. Oh, Phony, Phony Stark. Phony Stark. Because he models That's himself after Iron Man. Nice. nice That's a good yes. one. Mm-hmm. Guys, let's Man get it 3. together mm-hmm. with our gamings. Yeah, please. Because there is a lot to celebrate. I want to tell you a story of gaming yore in uh-huh. a second, but 302010 happened upon... It, because of the structure of the show, it looks like two separate weeks. It's the 10th anniversary of the PS4 and the Xbox One. Yes, in fact, they're exactly one week apart, but we didn't really feel like doing this two weeks in a row. Wow. Are you are you ready to look back at the generation that's difficult to look backwards upon because it's all backwards compatible? <laughs> Where do you draw the line? Like, it really did start so, to blur the lines that so, then, yeah. So many of the games I thought of for this, it's like, oh, no, 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 that was 360. They just remastered it. Um, uh, yeah, but, yeah. So yeah, we decided to look back at the top five most definitive games from that era, since it's it's been ten years. The era technically ended around 2020, and I think we did like a def- the best games or most defining games of the last ten years, three years ago. But uh, we're gonna do something similar again. Top five games from 2013 to 2020, but only. On PS4 and Xbox One, no Switch, so no Breath of the Wild. And Mm. I also want to say, we are going to, in our usual fashion, do this in a very subjective way. So these are the games that define them, define those years for us personally. Us, baby. I know Fortnite is a very important (laughs) game. None of us played it very much, so it is not defining for us. <laughs> yeah. It may be liked, defining for you. I, I like the non-Battle Royale version. <laughs> yeah. The one you have to pay for. The, the one you yeah. still have to pay for, I think. The, I think so, yeah. Uh, save the there, world. There's also a few things that like came out last gen that have since had remasters so that now we sort of associate them more with this gen like i'll just say one like ghost of tsushima to me mm-hmm. is now sort of a ps5 game because mm-hmm. that remaster is so excellent yeah Death so Stranding, those types of games same. didn't make the list yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. and but to to bring us back a little bit did i tell you about my retro gaming macabre retro gaming adventure over the weekend no i think was i said macabre it was it was Vincent Price is very excited. Found a dead ET cartridge. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, my lady friend's birthday, and, you know, we're both on a budget, so we just decided, let's go exotic. Let's go into a neighboring county, one of those old-timey counties, and get breakfast. And then I see what's become my personal catnip. Hey, it's an estate sale. There's always something weird you can find in an estate sale. 
uh, estate sale being like, how would you define that? Typically, someone's gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's someone's dead, and this is all the stuff their family didn't want to take. It's, it's a nicer exactly. name for garage sale because someone died, and you wouldn't want to say garage sale when they died. Let's but it, it, the implication is, I'm not trying to make an extra buck here to send my kids to college or to to put up a new fence. Like, get this out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and Get this and dead it, person's I, possessions for cheap. I have never haggled at an estate sale, but the person I'm buying from haggles on my behalf. Ah, you're buying the Christmas lights? Just take them all for five bucks. Oh my God, this is like $300 in Christmas lights. Uh, cool. And so I pull in and I'm immediately like jaw falls on the ground. It's all video games. Holy shit. It's all video games. Gamers can die? Yeah, and, and I'm looking at them like, holy shit. It's not all video games. It's just like a really huge 360 collection. No games that went back before PS2. Everything was $2. So I said, I bought the dumb, in a in unopened box, I bought the Xbox, original Xbox Duke controller. Yes. <laughs> I bought Dirge of Cerberus. Wow. Me, uh, Mint, because that I wanted to play it a while back. I'm like, I'm not paying $30 for that fucking thing. I bought, uh, just wanted to have a physical copy of Alien Isolation with the uh, Nostromo DLC, because I have it digitally. And it, why not? Two bucks. It's the complete version. I bought a pair of NES Vans. The and then the NES satellite, the four-player, oh right, yeah. wireless. It he wrote his name in white out on it, but other than that, it's like immaculate. Damn. <laughs> and I showed you the thing I, I was looking for back when I was a little kid. The the Genesis Street Fighter Championship Edition six-button fight stick. The SG. Oh, model. that's oh, where that yeah. came from. Okay, couldn't even find it. Uh, and like like he's like, yeah, you can have it all for two bucks. I'm like, dude. Your uncle had really good taste, and because my assumption, only estate sales I've been to are typically like Christmas lights is where I score. Mm-hmm. I don't want your Cupid dolls, your right. NASCAR plates. Uh, I don't want your complete box set of hee haw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like I made some comment like, uh, man, for an old guy, he had great taste. And like, oh no, he was forty two. I'm like, oh. So he's my, my age and holding an estate sale. And then I just had this vision of like, oh, my God. It was like another good reason to not kill myself. So my family does not have to go through the trouble of figuring out how much three copies of Super Mario 2 is worth. Yeah. And then selling it for $1 after holding on to it, it for all It's the also, time. yeah, a very sober reminder of that. Like, Sometimes they're like, oh, God, Diana's going to have to figure out what to do with all this shit. Yes. And yeah. my carefully curated video game collection is going to go for pennies on the dollar. I was just about to say, all that shit that in your head is worth way, way more. People are just going to be like, get it out of here. Get it out. I think I gave him a 10 for all of that stuff, which which is insane. But I I, I like the weird stuff. I I am so excited to have that Genesis fight stick. Street Fighter is like the, I think the only game that like caused a console company, we have to rethink our controller entirely. It didn't come. Usually, if a game requires specific controls, it comes with that controller. Street Fighter did not. Genesis had to answer with a new controller. Yep. Super yep. Nintendo was prepared for this. We weren't. We gotta gotta retrain yeah, Street Fighter. This thing out. Well, even Super Nintendo, those that was an awkward way to control that game. Put those the high punch and low and I high mean, kick on that's those shoulder how I buttons. Got used to it, man. Me too. Yep. I, I, I can uh, still play okay on a controller. But um, Street Fighter is a great example of a genre-defining game. It right? is. It literally ah, launched even new an controllers. Era-defining game. Yeah, a platform-defining yeah. game, much like the five that we're going to talk about. 
this week. Thank you for bringing us back around to that, Matt. I tried. I said genre. I meant era. But yes. 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 All good. Uh, Let's just dive in with... Number five. Every night, I can feel my leg and my arm, even my fingers. The body I've lost, the comrades I've lost, won't stop hurting. They're all still there. You feel it too, don't you? It's like some kind of phantom pain. Oh boy. Mm. Oh boy. This game, this is Metal Gear Solid 5, baby. Yeah. This might be uh, honestly my single favorite game of the last 10 years. However, what? this is something that's like I'm I'm hard pressed to like aside from that personal preference, was this really like emblematic of its generation. Did it define it? Was it influential? No, but it was wonderful. And I sank hundreds of hours into it. I, I think it's got strong, it's got strong whiffs of importance uh, as well. Just because um, for the PlayStation two, you had three Metal Gear solids that did define that era mm-hmm. and a fourth one on the previous generation that, did not. It kind of did, if you think about it, because much like the so? PlayStation 3, it was sort of clunky and awkward and built up really <laughs> high expectations and then didn't quite deliver on them. You might argue, though, that only Metal Gear Solid has truly been like an era-defining game. Like that that set that, – that basically set the mold for like cinematic games, right? For mm. like truly cinematic mm. action-adventure-style games, whereas the others after that have been like, yes, they, they follow – squarely in that mold but like really only only the first metal gear solid has been like wow that just yeah, set an all new bar i know? think in the in defense of this game being here it did break the mold and it did so kind of late in the generational cycle i guess not that late but it it uh it didn't have a lot of ripoffs but it redefined what metal gear is it's kojima's swan song yeah in a lot of ways it's konami a company synonymous with the beginning of video games it's their swan song it's, mm. I think it's, I can see why it's, I've played the game only long enough to have a horse shit in my face, which <laughs> I think puts it on this list anyway. That's, that's true. And, that is fantastic that you can command a horse to shit in your face. Do it. <laughs> do it. Manure. Love that it shits on manure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. It's weird. Like we did talk about this off mic that it's like. At the time, it felt hugely important. And, and me as well. Like, this is in my, like, top five games of all time. Like, the number of hours I put into this thing, I love what it is. But, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing it's really doing that's all that new in the open world space, well, you know? Like, you know, the- I've, I've tried to think about, like, what it was specifically that made it so appealing to me. And it's not, like, the big bombastic moments of drama like I introed this segment with. I think one guy on YouTube managed to perfectly encapsulate in in one clip what was important to me. This is what Metal Gear Solid 5 is to me. <laughs> I was going to reference uh you got to extract him farting but that does sound like a clip from smash brothers of someone being ring outed well it's it, yeah it's it's listening to all the best hits of the 80s curated by presumably Hideo kojima yeah. I, I listen to take on me while you run around a camp uh tranquilize a bunch of russians and then put balloons on them to airlift them back to your base to, to turn them into your private army and then yeah. yeah miller's always like you're gonna you're gonna airlift him really that yeah. guy <laughs> 
Operation I mean, at some Skyhook, point, you, Mr. Wayne. You know, you, you can like scan them to see what their abilities yeah. are before you, yeah, you <laughs> send them. You into really my should care. only be Fultoning S-ranked soldiers mm-hmm. at this point in the campaign. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, so, I guess one of the reasons I put this on here is like because like the game you. You know, on its own merits, I'm like, well, yeah, it's weird. I don't know why I associate it with this generation so much. I think a big part of it was everything leading up to mm. the game. Like, the marketing and the hype for this game was so weird. And the fact that, like, Konami was trying to hide what it was with, like, in early trailers. Like, oh, that's that's clearly not the next Metal Gear. And we're all like, that's totally the next Metal Gear. And they're like, no, we swear it's not. And uh-huh. the fact that they released and sold a demo for $30 for this yeah, that's game. Something like, I glad, I'm glad did not catch on. <laughs> <laughs> but it just does feel like this game dominated so much of the discussion about games in that generation. And the fact that it is, for now, trapped on on last gen i mean obviously everything is kind of forward compatible and so you can or backwards compatible so you can Mm. play it but like it's you know there hasn't been an official remaster of this title anytime Mm. so uh yeah aren't added i'm guessing they're not added given how (laughs) the legacy uh metal gear legacy collection went over i'm guessing there's no 4k smoothing or anything like that and uh ps4 version we we did see like a retrospective i want to say it was like last week they were interviewing the actress who played Quiet, oh, yeah. and, and, and it, everything everything very much felt like it was a retrospective, like, okay, we're never going back to that thing again, so let's go ahead and interview these people now, because it's... Is it really... T- is it 10 years since this game came out? Or no, when, when no this it? game came out in 2015, so it's been eight okay. years. Okay. But, uh, it's creeping but yeah, up on 10. Well, and, and then the whole th- business with Quiet, with, like, why is this female soldier wearing a bikini and some shredded uh, nylons? And then Koji was here. like, you will regret your words and deeds when you understand why she's mostly naked. And it's because... So she can breathe, man. Yeah, like she breathes through her skin. She's like part plant. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. It's really dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. Yeah, but the thing, the thing with Quiet is like, you know, she's sort of presented as like a sex object, but like... She was like the most important comrade I had in any game ever. It's just like, all right, buddy, let's go. And like you you take her on a mission and all you have to do is like, oh, there's some guys over there. Quiet. Take them out. And then she would just like shoot or tranquilize every single one as you get close. And it was like the most efficient way to deal with like a base full of dudes. Just like I have a guardian angel taking out everyone ahead of me. If anything, it's like playing on easy mode. If you're not going to bring along Diamond Dog, I suppose mm. Quiet is a good companion. D-Dog. I, I like D-Dog D-Rug. because he would identify all the enemies like farther out than you could yeah. see them. So it was, it was kind of like cheating also, of like, oh, that's just tagging all the enemies for me. Thank you. He wears armor and can use a knife. He's got an eye patch. He's a dog yeah, with an eye true. patch, which is super cool. That's true. Uh, man, man, I fucking love this game. And I yeah, love yeah. just the, the sense of wide open possibility when you when you get past that interminable 45 minute or whatever, 90 minute intro. Afghanistan is a big place. I expect you'll become quite familiar with those binoculars as you plan your next move. How and where you make it. Well, that's up to you. From here on out, you're on your own. I love that they they turned um, Revolver Ocelot from that, like, I'm an evil torturer guy to, like, I'm Troy Baker as a laid-back cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, retroactively, that is another great reason to put it on the list is, like, Troy Baker single-handedly helped to find the PS4 and Xbox yes. One generation. He oh, was my in God. Almost, him and Nolan North were in pretty much everything, but... Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean another another thing that defined it. I don't know how much if you have any clips of this guy speaking, but um, kind of one of the big trends from last gen is like, well, games are going more mainstream, so we're gonna get rid of all these actors that have been playing these characters for sometimes literal decades and bring yeah. in the big top tier Hollywood talent like Kiefer Sutherland to right. play Solid Snake or not who, Solid Snake, who says top almost tier? nothing mm-hmm. in the game, but then if you go and listen to all the tapes that you unlock. He actually has quite a bit to say on those. A ton. Yeah. A ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kept you waiting, huh? I'm just glad I referred to him as Kiefer and not Donald Sutherland. That would have yeah. been embarrassing. <laughs> I, I would have approved of Donald Sutherland also. You know what? Way I want to see, yeah. see a game with Big Boss and Solid Snake. Remake the very first Metal Gear, cast Donald Sutherland as Big Boss and Kiefer as, as uh, Snake. I'm all for it. But he can only wear... That nightshirt he has on an animal house, so you see his ass cheeks the entire time he's in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain is wonderful. Uh, you know what else is wonderful? Number four. You all seem to have forgotten how money is made and what it takes to support 20 people. Let alone what it takes to give 20 people a new life overseas. With all due respect, Dutch... Is this Tahiti plan really going to work out? You tell me, Arthur. Is it? Have some goddamn faith. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I, I have issues with this game, but quite possibly the best voice cast of yeah. this gener- this generation and thoroughly compelling dialogue sequences fantastic voice cast uh i really loved it i do remember the annoyance of like you know uh, every time i run into a goddamn tree i get thrown off my horse it's like driving a motorcycle everywhere in grand theft auto or something it it was realistic to a fault at some point that's my issue but i think the 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 main one of the big reasons that i picked red dead redemption 2 by the way yeah red dead redemption 2 uh one of the big reasons i picked it for this list apart from the fact that it is like an extremely memorable and i think moving adventure like this is an unforgettable story uh it's that i see every time i log onto youtube about five or six different clips that people have just uploaded because people are still playing this game regularly and it's almost always new shit that i did not realize was possible even without mods I mean, GTA so, 5 did the same thing two generations yeah. ago, right? Like, but it, so. it's a vast world with, like, tons of randomized events and other shit that you may never see in a single mm. playthrough. Oh, yeah, there's this this ghost out in this swamp that I totally missed. Or if you go to this area between this time and this time, a ghost train will spawn. Or you might blow be... Up a, blow, up, blow up the clan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the, the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like I ran into the clan like three or four times. And I just yeah, like, no, that, that... found different ways to fuck with them every single time. <laughs> yeah. You can, just, no, I, you can I think... just stand there and watch and like, you know, they'll they'll get hoisted by their own petard i believe is the phrase you know like mm-hmm. a, they're, the cross that they're going to burn falls over and crushes two of them or something now we all think the costumes were a good idea mm-hmm. but the execution <laughs> <laughs> i think my issue i had a lot of similar issues with this with spider-man 2 actually i enjoyed all the things i could do the stuff i could see and interact with and moving around the world in red dead redemption 2 i kind of did everything but the crit path and once i did everything and then did that i just found myself like being talked to death to justify walking to one corner of the map shooting something and walking back Hmm. and 
my last 20 hours of the game, like, will this hurry the fuck up and end? I, I, but I, I have to say, I got everything I came for fucking around on my own. Like, that's the most entertained I was. I think, uh, I think, dude, this swamp looks good. Holy shit, an alligator! Yeah. Uh, all <laughs> that was yeah. fucking fun. Holy shit, some what? people just appeared and beat the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons that game at times could feel like it's dragging is, I actually view it as a positive, but the game was very deliberately paced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's very deliberately paced to give you this feel of the old west and like mm-hmm. the, whereas you know red dead before it was very much about spaghetti westerns which are sort of like a you know exaggerated faster paced high speed western like this is very this much is- grounded in like no no we're gonna go very slow very methodical like everything you do in this game feels like okay yeah, every, the, it's the like the world is in control and i am in this thing and i have to go <laughs> along with the flow a time when in america when like everybody's kind of an immigrant Mm. We're all pretty new here. Mm. Well, yeah. What do we set up first? What do we establish first? <laughs> yeah, we establish a it, camp out in the middle of nowhere so that we can extort destitute people for money. Where's hey. our money? I don't have it. Sell your place. We already owe more than it's worth. <coughs> then sell your wife or your family or something. We ain't your idea of <gasps> charity. Is that clear? <coughs> Thomas! What are you looking at? Thomas! I said what you looking at, woman! My husband isn't well! If we could just have more... Like I said, we ain't nobody's idea of charity. Get us the money! Sell your foreshadowing tuberculosis! Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things don't end well for them, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They, there's gonna there's gonna be Red Dead Redemption three. It's just going to be in space. Yeah. No, I kid. If I'm making a real prediction, Red Dead Redemption three will take place in GTA six online. That, that, that's what it's going to happen. It'll be built in Roblox, <laughs> but officially. No, actually, It'll what cost I'd like to see billion dollars to make if the uh, the GTA six rumors yeah. are to be true in terms of cost ballooning. So. What if what if Red Dead three was another prequel, but this time you play as Dutch? Would that be interesting? I don't know. I feel it like he's yeah, maybe. And now that I say that, I like eh, he's more interesting. Like as someone who's just always there, he's more interesting as a villain or as a father figure or whatever. You'd have to have a pretty good lying mechanic to for have to have him be like the main mm-hmm. character, you know? Because he's he's all about that charisma and all about just convincing people, like, no, get on board. This yep. thing's happening. And we heard those references to to Haiti, which it, in many ways just became this metaphor for like you're. There's no Tahiti. This is just your lie. This is just this dream you've been peddling to us as the entire time. Just you know? a conspiracy of the cartographers. No Tahiti. Mm. This also gave us one of my favorite clips to torment one of our friends with every time he came on the show. We just got plenty of time, Micah. <laughs> we all need to have a little chat. Black Long, you're back. Hooray. Kept in the delivery and the hooray. Hooray. (laughs) Micah, one of the biggest, one of gaming's greatest asshole characters. Mm -hmm. He is really just a thorough dirtbag that you love to see get his just desserts. I think he's a a great guest, so I'm not going to say all that about him. (laughs) That's not who I'm talking about. (laughs) Not the real one. Uh, Oh. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2, like for... I loved this game. I remember in our Game of the Year discussions really going to bat 
for this game because not everyone does love it, but like as a huge fan of the original, I, I mean, this game was different enough, but it was it was still like you know clearly like carrying on the tradition of the first Red Dead. But it's like, yeah, they they had to go big, and they did. They took some big swings, and they didn't all connect, but like the ones that did, it's like yeah, this game just it's very very solid. Like it is just like. I can't recommend enough. Like if you have 40 hours to spare, like this, this is as good a way to spend them as any, you know, yeah. like I, I love this game. And and I think, you know, there, this, this generation was sort of defined a lot by sprawling, impossibly huge open world games. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, if we, if we wanted to say like, what's the most definitive slash influential one that might go to Witcher three, which did not make mm-hmm. our list because it's like, well, as, as much as cool as Witcher three is, as influential as, as it is, I kind of like the games it influenced more than I like Witcher 3. I played Witcher 3 all of five hours twice. I like it better than Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> well, more more compelling things it. to do. I, I, I told you that, but I, like, I'm not an expert in Witcher 3 by any means. Like I played all of Red Dead Redemption 2 and just was pretty bored and rolling my eyes through a lot of it. But I think, hmm. you know... Yeah, yeah, and there, there are parts that, like, when you say deliberate, Matt, like, like that are really actually un, un, unavoidably slow, like slogging through the snow in that mm-hmm. opening, or the bit where you finally land on the tropical island and you just stagger along very slowly for what seems like forever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, MGS Five did the same thing, so. But I, I think uh, that's that's why it stands out to me. There were a lot of open world games last gen, and another one that didn't make our list that we we all loved, like. I love me some Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh yeah, just love it, love it. Fantastic. Amazing game. Played played all the DLCs and stuff like that. But like, that was very emblematic of like kind of a trend for open world to be like we're going to make these things quick, responsive, have a shit ton of things to do. They're going to get crazy at times. Versus like this game, yeah, it does get crazy sometimes. But it, it's very much like no, no, we're going to do things the way the rules of this world of this open world we've created. Everything has to abide by these rules. And if that means slogging through some snow, if that means taking forever to get across the fucking map because it's a huge map, like that's what you're going to have to do in this game. And sorry, deal with it. You know, it's um, on a horse. I think it, it, it it's weird to call a game like this realistic. It's not realistic, but it's no. as realistic as video games can get while still being fun, being you know? fun and accessible to play. I do think we should also point out I'll check along the way, but I think the, our number four entry might have sold the most copies. Huh. So more people have played it. I was just yeah, ch- like Metal Gear right. sold like five million. This sold almost sixty million copies. Wow! And it up to and maybe including the new Switch version. I That's don't. Very rock star of them. Yeah. And and without even the same success for Red Dead Online that GTA Five had. Well, it should have. You'd think they would have learned a lesson. Like I probably would have dabbled with it if it came with the game before I finished it. It came afterwards when I had already uninstalled it. I mean, another so, reason this should make the list. Um, this was the only Rockstar game last generation. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, not counting the GTA V remaster. Like, yeah, this was it. Yeah, 30 2010 this week, I got to bring up Manhunt. And, you know, kids gather around. Back in the day, Rockstar used to re- release well more than one game per generation. Sometimes dozens. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, they I released a ping pong game. I called the remaster, but if you count GTA Online, like that got all its expansions in in the last gen. Like, yeah, yeah, all that. that. It, it came out like <laughs> it came out like seventh period of the uh, mm. 360 PS3 generation. Yeah. I remember how mad I was to buy a new 360 
four months before the Xbox One came out ah, just to play GTA. Boo. Hey, but it still works. Yeah. I still have a working 360. Oh, well, that's cool. That's useful Never sometimes. red-ringed. Nice. Congrats. All right, we should move along to... Number three. Something Tree. I know Chris loves. What? You're on the A-list, right? Huh. meow do <laughs> I'm not psychic, but I do have pretty good ears. Ah, put her there. I happen to be an A-lister myself. Oh, <laughs> uh, what could this be? Let's see. Uh, cats, a mm. bad dialogue, huge monster sounds. <laughs> Gotta be Monster Hunter. It's definitely Monster, monster Hunter. Hunter World. Monster Hunter yes. World, which uh, you said, like, this is responsible for, like, really expanding Monster Hunter's fan base in the West, yep. uh, specifically you guys. It, it is the game that introduced the West to Monster mm. Hunter proper. Like, we'd, yeah. the, we'd gotten their games, but they had been this weird thing uh, locked to Nintendo handhelds for the longest time for some reason. Well, um, and PSP and PS2. Yeah, yeah, but, and... but, like, this was the first, like, console Monster Hunter that we got in forever looked beautiful amazing and like kind of definitely worthy of the generation and it's just like again a game that sort of redefined open world in its own way like even though it's more like it's open map and that but Mm -hmm. but it had these huge sprawling maps that you would go on the hunts to but for me like monster hunter had always been this really cool curiosity that i just there was so much bullshit to put up with i could never get into it and world was the first time where they i think they were actively trying like we gotta we gotta prevent from like turning people off within the first hour of this game with some of this yep. bullshit, you know. And they they took out a lot of the clunky stuff and made it very well, streamlined. They, they slowly introduce you to a bunch of stuff, and I'm just shocked by how much like automatically picking up stuff and automatically combining and crafting things rather than opening a menu to do that. Like I was worried that would take some of the charm out of it. I did not care. It streamlined everything and was fucking awesome. Yeah, And just, like, visually, that series was so long in the tooth. I'm not an expert, but, like, shit. I think most Monster Hunter games are built on the, a backbone of a game that was, like, six Monster Hunter games ago. And oh, wow. the last one, this is five. Four was on 3DS. Yeah. So it was, like, an unbelievable leap yeah, into what was possible. Yeah, this was the first one that felt like something really new. Really yeah. new. And, and one of the things, and I don't know, maybe Matt can speak more to this, given his experience one of the things i thought that was super important to monster hunter finally cracking the globe in ter- in terms of being a success it is capcom's highest selling game ever now i think as an individual unit lots of asterisks in there it says street fighter sold like 7 million i'm like do you mean like the super nintendo version cuz i bought that game on like 16 different consoles at this point sure it sold more than 6, six million but uh like 20 million copies Monster Hunter, including 5 million in the first three days. And I think part of that is something Capcom finally realizes is going to be very important. A global release. I mean, that's why it's something Matt, I thought, may be able to speak of more. When people are talking about a game and you've already told them, you're not going to see this for one year. <laughs> and and sharing, hey, look at all this fun I'm having. I hope. Let's, yep. let's hope it gets announced in the West. Um, like it's It's very emblematic of an industry-wide trend where... You're right. It, I mean, we all know back in the NES days, it was like you would have to import games from Japan mm, if you wanted yeah. to play them, you know, before two years it would come to the States. Whereas last gen really felt like like 
almost all the Japanese publishers were like, we're gonna shoot for yeah. for simship for global simship, and it, even it's, even uh, Persona stepped it up. It was only yeah. a few months rather than years. <laughs> yeah, it, and and so I mean, you know that that trend had been or that shift had been gradual, but really last gen is where I started to feel like no, there's. I don't really see games that do like the tiered launch thing. It's like kind of like if the game's in Japan and it's not here, chances are it's never being released here at that yeah. point. You know? Yeah, and, and I think it's something I, I don't know if you can speak to, but like a big-ass global marketing endeavor has to save you money in the long run rather than engaging that in every fucking territory slowly as you localize where it's popular. Uh, it might. I, I, I don't know that that was the driver as much as digital. You know, like because yeah, they're yeah. they're uh, a lot of the platforms are just kind of global. Don't you know? have to well, save I, a bunch I also, of discs and worry about how you're going to yeah. fit all the. I also think on it. It, it was of crucial importance because Japanese players are vital to the online experience. Because bef- oh, I yeah. played online as far back as the Wii, and like it was really helpful to have that. That if it launches at the same time, you have the biggest possible player base because the game is all about if. The team wins, everyone wins. If if, if you can only lose by not cooperating, it's it's such a compelling experience because this every other multiplayer thing I, at, at the most is like team deathmatch, and like that's right. the extent of how you play. Kill the other players. Yeah, it's it, it is as opposed like, to now it's protect every other player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep everyone alive. Yeah, try and get the most out of everything. You will share the rewards and the. The better you do, the bigger they are. And then you'll mm. hear this. Woo! Woo! Fantastic. Yeah. That may as well have come from like a Disney theme park. Like that is yes. such a Disney sounding button right there. Yeah, it's yeah and I, 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 I have a unique experience of like I got into Monster Hunter the most while working on Monster Hunter. And it was just interesting evangelizing that game around the country and all the things we had to do to combat the nature of it. We we had these like not laminates, but they were like like hard plastic cheat sheets that let you know what was weak to what because like the game didn't have a good way of telling you how to do all this stuff. Instead, that tutorial the menu system is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. You just hover over something and it tells you exactly what to do and shows you a, a demonstrative video uh, without the sound. And if you don't have to load it. It doesn't take a second to do. It just automatically shows up. All these ways to streamline. And so you can see why the Monster Hunter com- experience is so compelling. Because one of the reasons it's so compelling is you're playing this amazing Dark Souls, this punch-out game of a monster that you have to hunt. But there's all these other little games that are happening at the same time. Are you going to forge for stuff? Are you trying to get certain amount of items? Do you need to, do you need to craft potions? Do you need to sharpen your weapon? Fun stuff, and they made it. It was all made more fun with how how fun traversal was in World as well, and the seamless loading was new to the series. Well, that that was another big piece of it. Is like this game is only possible on that gen of consoles. You couldn't do the things it did on handheld, and I think that was that bettered the series. Like the fact that on the Nintendo handhelds, like the maps were not one big seamless map, and like a monster yeah. would go off part of the map, and you would have to follow it with yeah. like and some there UI, was, and especially like on PS2 and PSP when it was on there, uh, you would have to. It wasn't just that everything was divided up into rooms slash maps, but like when you left, you would have to sit through a loading screen, and yep. they could be yep. quite long, and it could totally throw no, I, off the momentum I, of the experience. We asked, like even in, in four. It, the, it didn't really need the load time. It was there more out of tradition. 
hmm. at that point. So getting rid of it, the, my favorite thing about it, and I'm sure it's more than just the load times in between the zones, you would see two monsters confront and then fight each other. The damage they take, which will benefit you. <laughs> that happens so much more in World because of how easy it was to lure things without those loading screens, without those zone, those zone separations. You right, could totally... Yeah drive your monster into a fucking <laughs> into a Diablos and just have him murdered before your very eyes. Nice. That happened that always happened in Monster Hunter games, but it was like it happened so much more and you could control it better in this one. I think it happens fun. in the tutorial, right? Like the, the monster mm-hmm. that's chasing you gets attacked or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it tells you this is something you should do. Yeah, yeah, you can use other monsters against other monsters because they're especially when you get them aggressive. Oh yeah, get the well, this, fuck out the of mounting, the way. The mounting in this game, and then and then I think the, the expansion, what it did with mounting the monsters, like it gave you those extra tools to just get on that bad yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and I, I I can't believe it's been this long because I think the nature of how big this was, it means it's taken. It's like kind of the longest we've had without a new monster hunter. Unless I, I should include Rise and Sun, it just, those are just so weird. Those are both playable on PC now. But I did look today. Monster Hunter World is being played by more than twice the amount of people as Monster Hunter Rise, despite that coming out last wow. year on on PC. Uh, it's, it's a bit crunchier play- of a game. There, there's a little bit more to World than Rise. Like Rise streamlined. I think it had to maybe over streamline a little bit to be on the Switch. Um, I, I think that's part of it. And I, I love Rise. I, I might like yeah. it better than World, yeah. but only because it better resembles the portable ones, the portable experience. It, it, you, you take a, a big hit in the graphics department and uh, the, the vastness of everything, but um, I, I like the experience maybe more. I just like, I because the nature of how they're released in America, we always got the ultimate version. Mm. i.e. Japan's yeah, second right. version. Yeah, yeah. And World came and like, damn, I've never put like only 200 hours into a Monster Hunter game before and <laughs> finished it. Like, where's where's the rest? And it came eventually. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of shocked by that World. It's been five years and there's not even an announcement. It, it, I would only predict that's going to happen soon because five years, damn. Even though yeah, 20,000 people on average are playing that game right now over the last 30 days on, on steam alone. And uh, part of the reason I always say like, uh, when you buy your new consoles, do not fall for that digital trick by saving 50 to a hundred dollars. You want to get monster hunter world online. Got to buy it for 30 bucks, 29 99. It is $5 at every other online retailer on disc, five bucks free shipping. If you have prime $5, get it, man. It is good shit. Yeah. And then you can have cats cooking for you. Got the same. Just thinking about those filthy paws coming out of the litter box and touching all my food. And everything was filthy in the Monster Hunter world. It's That's kind of true. a version of the past. Yeah. <laughs> There's not even a roof over the restaurant. <laughs> no restrooms. Go take a mud bath, etc. <laughs> Just Ed Wooder. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you got me thinking about History of the World Part 2. <laughs> Doing a Nick Kroll now. Um, uh, Monster Hunter World, I cannot recommend it enough to, especially newcomers. It is beyond friendly, and you don't really need another person. I've played through so much of that game alone. Because I wasn't playing the G-Rank version, but there are so many people. Remember how easy it was to call for help? You throw up, Did you ever throw up a flare? An SOS flare? Yeah. 
Yeah. It, and, it's and so it's, cool. It's crazy that Rise even made it easier. Like, that's the thing yeah. is the online on this game was, was a little – it was better than it had been, but it still required you to, like, here, go to this special lobby section. To take an or, elevator. <laughs> yeah. Take an elevator in the game to join a game. It, it or, was, or you could throw up a flare. You know? I have a feeling that was, like, a little more tradition because that's what I did like about Rise because everything was kind of a menu. You, like you don't have to run to an outpost to do something mm-hmm. if you don't want to. But again, I can't compliment World enough. Like, what a fucking fantastic job the team did. Because you know, we always working on it. We always had contact and a wish list of things that. How do we make this more approachable without without shitting all over the fan base? And it was a really interesting tightrope because the fan base. And in Japan, it's crazy because it's like every single game sold over four to five million copies and didn't make a dent here. And it, it was nuts having it be a regional phenomenon. But I, I think this game was kind of, I don't want to say freeing it, but freeing it from the portable system, which is where most people got into the experience. And I think the Switch version developed, I think, simultaneously was like, we want, don't want to alienate the portable experience either. So you can still do that. I've never done it, but we could connect our switches together and play Monster Hunter old school style. Oh, man. Ad hoc. Ad hoc. I didn't <laughs> want to say it because I still don't know what it means. Oh. Well, in terms of wireless, it just means local play, basically. Internetless. But, well, you never had to worry about ad hoc with this game. Number two. That wizard came from the moon. Oh, no. <laughs> One might say, Matt took a giant sigh. <laughs> One might say it was that wizard's destiny. Destiny, yes. Oh, boy. The Dinklebot. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I realize I could be biased here. Do you know what my... Michael, you remember what my PS4 looked like before we modded it with a giant hard drive? You had uh, a Destiny one, didn't you? Yeah. I one. had That's the right. white Destiny That's one. Because right, PS4s 10 years ago were super hard to get for a few months, if not a year. And I had to kind of wait a year to get it. So Destiny, to me, defines the PS4 experience with a different kind of... Bungie had promised a more modern approach to online an online shooter and... It wasn't clear up until the moment I played it what they were doing. And it was, I remember it was really hard to convey on the podcast about like what made Destiny different. And I don't have to do so much of that now because of all the things that tried to rip Destiny off. And I love that it has like kind of a wow World of Warcraft factor. Like all the imitators have since fallen off, unable to replicate what Destiny did well. And Destiny is still kind of standing there as the best of what it is. A looty shooty. So did it did it invent the color coded item rarity thing that I see in almost no, every game? No, no, no. That no? had been in MMOs forever. Oh, like in yeah, WoW, okay, like all makes, of those uh, yeah, those no, items are right, color coded. Right, right, I right. I gave you an Engram clip, Michael. You did. Don't be afraid to use it. Take that dopamine, Oof, Destiny yeah, fans. That is a dopamine <laughs> hit right <laughs> there. <laughs> Fucking call Get me it. a dog, Pavlov. That's what's so funny though, is I remember how adamant Bungie was like, don't call us an MMO. And it's like, you are an MMO in everything but name. And it's like, yes, granted, you're not like World of Warcraft levels of MMO at times, but you're certainly in like the Guild Wars level of MMO. Like, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you have multiple people on this open world map. And yes, mm-hmm. you do have instances and stuff like that. But like, you have color-coded item rarity. That's MMO shit. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. You have pickup games. That's MMO shit. You and have I, fucking raids. The first that, time, when was the last time a shooter go. had raids? Yeah. 
I think they finally added them to Warzone. I really had wanted to play them because I, I think the best experience I had in the new generation were Destiny raids. Completely oh, yeah. weird, like, what the fuck is this and how do I solve that? I have to find a friend who's done this before because this looks, this seems impossible. It didn't happen all that regularly. What would you say, Matt? Like, two or three a year kind of thing? It just, Destiny. Uh, new raid dungeons? If, maybe, if that. It's like. Yeah, if, it's really rare because they'd have to design like completely new environments in physics and things you'd never seen before in the game. That made it interesting. The thing that didn't make it like an MMO for me, part of it is how it launched. It launched, it has, I did not care for the PvP at all. It was there. Tons of people played it. Crucible. I really liked having a fire team and traveling through planets and solving missions and then raising the difficulty as I try and unlock new armor and new areas. And I kind of saw everything Vanilla Destiny 1 had in like a week. <laughs> they and like there'll be content for 10 years. I'm like you should start right away because there isn't enough content in this game, which is yeah. a, a problem a lot of live games and MMOs have. Well, they, they, a lot of them have at the start, but now if you if you try to go in Destiny and you haven't played for like a year, there's too much content. Like, did they got to the point where they had to start rotating content out of that game? Yep. A because yeah. of the install size, but B just like if you've if you're not caught up, there's like, oh wait, what are these ten currencies I've never heard of? Like, what is <laughs> what is this mission track that they have me on? Like, oh, well, that mission track's already outdated because the story has progressed past what I'm supposed to be learning there anyway. Like, it has. Well, I'm talking Destiny 2 at this point, but it, it has very much the but, opposite problem. But did you, like, even even now, I resent a game that is trying to market itself as me, to me as my new fucking lifestyle. I don't want to play this every day for years. But I did kind of get into Destiny's expansion, and de especially Destiny's 2 expansion cycle, where, like, play the shit out of this for a month, forget about it for six months, Gather all your friends back up and start again with each new expansion because everybody, the level cap completely switched and you'd get everything. That's how I played Destiny. Like It was like an old friend I returned to every few months with new content and literally connected with friends across the country and played with them. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got into it where it was the only thing I was playing for mm. months at a time there for a while. It was like, yeah, yeah, new game slot. That's, that's fun. I'm going to go back to playing more destiny. Yeah. So. And, and like that, that was kind of a, an awakening for me, like realizing like, Oh, there are people who will dedicate themselves to playing a single game every day. I thought that had just been an MMO thing. But, like, no, and people saying, like, yeah, I've been grinding on Destiny for years. What does your similar game have that's going to get me off of that? Like, the average Destiny Not player. Not a lot. Like, yeah. Well, again, no. emblematic of a generation. Like, yeah. Destiny mm -hmm. isn't the only game. Like, last gen is uh, maybe two gens ago. But, but last gen, we really saw it solidify in the console space of, like, these are hobbyist games, right? What, what is it? Yeah. Uh, was it Randy Pitchford? That's a, what did he call it? Hobby... He has a, the term about like hobby level games or something like that, where it's it's very much like these are games that are meant to take up a majority of your time, and eventually, and the reason devs do that, it's not just for goodwill. It's it's like, well, we're going to monetize these people. Yeah. We're, we're going to they're so going to buy currency, a and sense DLC, of community, and you want to buy cosmetics that you can show off to your friends. I, I hobby grade, I believe, was the I term. found myself in Destiny. I bought n nothing. I, I think I spent a little money on microtransactions in the beginning. There's nothing that makes that worthwhile. But I'm I'm not that type of player. But the expansions, what were they? Usually 30, 40 bucks? Totally. Uh, worth yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, totally I mean, that's the thing it. is they're getting you 
they know that not everyone's into cosmetics. And so the, the, the silver is there for the people who like cosmetics. And then, yeah, you, the way they get you is all these expansions because you're there for additional content. You know, But so. that, that's what I didn't mind because it was like – you couldn't even call it I, – I don't mind calling them expansions because they're not DLC. We were having a conversation about DLC and I'm still of the belief if this is substantial enough – 90% of the time it would have been included in the regular game. There's it's just more shit with and they didn't want to hire the voice actors. Destiny didn't do that. It like the people who were doing the voice acting were kind of had to be on call for for years. Which which is why that's why the Dinklebot eventually had to go away or one of the reasons other yeah. than people criticized the performance it was like, you know, we can't get Peter Dinklage in the recording studio as often as yeah. we need to, the but we get Nolan conflict. North And uh, I I have a a great example of that because I didn't want to call this my favorite voice acting of the generation just because I'm biased towards the people who do it. Nathan Fillion's uh, Cade 6, like just absolutely wonderful, really fun. I did not know, one, that the game is so old. uh, (laughs) he, He referenced it on the show Castle. Oh, wow. Which I don't think has been on the air for like, Eight or nine years. All right. Uh, but there's a clip. I got you a clip from yep. Castle. Mars, Nova Scotia. This guy really loves barren landscapes. Come on, Ryan. You're telling me you have no desire to go to Mars. I prefer my oxygen without a can. Where's your sense of adventure, of exploration, of destiny? Jeez, <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? He should. He he didn't, but he should have looked right at the camera when he. Wait, said, do I have to watch Castle now? I, well, I remember finding out about Castle and like reading an article, I think, in Entertainment Weekly that was talking about Nathan Fillion and how he has this unique thing where his fan, like, he has rabid fans across mm-hmm. two radically different demographics: yeah. nerds and middle-aged women who watch Castle. Castle, where he was a. Uh, an author team who teamed up with a hot cop to solve yes. crimes. Yes, exactly. It's and, one of those shows. <laughs> and and Nathan Fillion has always been a great friend to games. Was early on like is beloved for how many video games. We were just talking about a Spider Man Two cameo he has. I, sorry if that's a spoiler to you, but he's. I didn't he's notice gonna, it. Yeah. He appears in the credits. Well, I noticed oh, right, his yes. his partner in crime that appears with him, uh, Mister Tudix, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Like, I was like, who the fuck does Alan Tudyk play in Spider Man Two? And I looked it up, and Candy. There's a very cool cameo with him and Nathan Fillion, where if you want to see them interacting together for the first time since Firefly, probably, or maybe they've done some other sites like this, or Halo ODST was Tudyk in that. <laughs> was was Tudyk? I don't know, but I don't but remember. They are interacting with each other in a game for the first time, but yeah, he's he's very friendly to games, and and he has a history with Bungie. Like that's the thing is he'd done yeah. a lot with Bungie prior, and that's the other thing we should point out is like one reason this is a era defining game is this was Bungie's first non Xbox exclusive game, yeah. you know, and this happened before they're eventually bought by Sony PlayStation, you know, like now, now they're, they're and recently laid Sony. off a ton of people. So yeah. who knows yeah. what's well, next? Well, like even if the, the rarity, the raids that came from MMOs, I feel like destiny was this watershed moment in bringing them to other kinds of games. Like yeah. destiny was hugely successful. And a lot of other game developers were like, Oh crap, we need that in our it's- game exhilarating and and i encourage you to look it up it's from i think destiny one i know matt knows what i'm talking about just those five guys who choreograph a backstreet boys song in, oh yeah in, in the video. game they're they're with like no mods no to, no special tools it is like 
it is being filmed from the perspective of another player, and they use all their guardian ultimates and abilities to make this fireworks show choreographed to music that is hilarious. And and you know, the other voice acting thing I wanted to point out is how much I mix, miss fucking Lance Reddick. Reddick not only was like a big fan of games, allegedly was playing the game the night Destiny 2 the night before he died. He was an avid player of the game as well wow. and got into not only the fandom, but the memes. And I never saw this clip. Eventually, they started memeing his character. What's his character's name at? Zal- Zavala. Zavala. People started writing memes and then just like, can you read this meme? He's like, I'd be happy to. And he, <laughs> and he did. One fucking guardian has been kicking your race's collective asses for nine years. They kill gods for fun and to turn them into guns for a meme. They genocide entire races for loot. They assassinated your last leader, cleaned out your daddy's ship while he wrote fan fiction about them and promptly fucked off to let you pick up the pieces. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so cool <laughs> he did that I mean, everyone was kind of shocked like <laughs> i don't like i think some of the, like i don't know that i would have made this if i thought lance reddick would see it let alone read it <laughs> but he did uh destiny had a, a really interesting type of fandom and once i found i fell off of the last couple expansions and i found a hard way it, it, it's maybe if matt or a couple of my other friends dragged me into it i, I haven't found a way to re-onboard myself because i would kind of like to see the end um but it was a really pleasant cycle for me. Like, it is not my life. But for a couple weeks, a few times a year, two or three times a year, I'll play a shitload of Destiny with friends. That felt really good and healthy. In a way, you know, not a lot of multiplayer is pitched at you. They want it to take over everything and all your time. I mean, it, it got a little unhealthy for me. Like, I remember I was at a job and a group of us were playing one of which used to be recurring guests on these shows and he's a good dude and i love him but um we got yelled at by a different friend of ours like all you guys ever do is talk about destiny can you please shut up about destiny just for a second (laughs) and we were Uh, like no because we're playing it quite a bit all right well let's wind this down with And the award for best creepy dude with a birdcage on his head goes to <laughs> Pinocchio. Oh, uh, no. yeah. Well, there was a Pinocchio inspired by yes. uh, Bloodborne. Liza P. Heavily inspired by Bloodborne. How did this get to be number one? Well, I'll tell you. Souls likes emerged in like the PS3 with Demon Souls, the 360 with Dark Souls. Uh, this last gen was when they really kind of came into their own and became mega popular. And if yeah. I have to point to one exemplar of the genre as being like, whatever you do, you have to play this one. It's Bloodborne. Yeah, there like, you go. Bloodborne is it, fucking fantastic. It is IMO the best PS4 exclusive. Wow. Yep. That's a pretty pretty big, bold claim considering how many great PS4 exclusives there were. There are, but it's just like, 
it's the prettiest and most polished mm-hmm. of any of the Souls games. It's, and it's also weird that it's still PS4 exclusive. Yeah. Because it's like... this we game haven't even gotten a PS5 him, upgrade. Well, I mean, this game could make a mint, yes, with an upgrade, or just PC version of Bloodborne would be amazing. And it's so weird that that just hasn't happened, I, and I don't know why, other I don't, than I, Sony well, must have helped fund development. I, I'm I don't positive know. Sony paid for it. Yeah. Because mm. of... Uh, I mean, they did... With Demon Souls as well, but they paid uh, From to work on it. And I would imagine From doesn't own the IP, and they're probably happy to work on IP they do own. Was Namco was Bandai Namco involved with this at all? No, as the I don't publisher, think so. or was this just straight Mm-mm. from and Sony? I think it's just from, and yeah. And is there is there a PC version? I meant to check no. on that. But well, that's what I was saying. There, oh, there okay. isn't, and that's they, what's strange. There's still a, a huge demand for a PC version, and given how many of Sony's games have since come to PC, yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, there's like a bunch of different rights stakeholders that need to sign off it, for this to get It's also a bizarre. We, we, I think we nixed the idea of like last-gen exclusives because that is fucking meaningless outside mm-hmm. of Nintendo yeah. now. Everything is on PC. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's only a matter of time before you can open up your Steam library in an Xbox. It's just not that far off. That was yeah. supposed to happen on PS3, remember? Yeah, like that I was do. Portal 2 coming to PS3 was going to bring Steam along with uh, it. And that never I worked. imagine it all came to a head over Sony wanting that cut of every mm-hmm. single download oh, and yeah. Valve being like, well, get fucked. Mm-hmm. Everyone already has our console. That's true. <laughs> Remind me of the timeline on this. Did this come out before Dark Souls 3 or after 3? I, this was before Dark Souls 3, but after 2. After two, and that, that's that two, that yeah. different two version. Because I had been playing their game since Demon Souls, and like I obviously, you know, loved Demon Souls. I loved the original, loved uh, the original Dark Souls, and two. I remember Dark Souls two. There was a lot of controversy, and I personally liked two, but people were very upset that it messed with the structure of Souls games. Because Dark Souls one, the beauty of it was like, wow, this whole map is theoretically interconnected and stuff like that. And then like Bloodborne came along and said, you know what, fuck all that. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to completely change setting. It's clearly going to be this genre of game, but it's going to be unlike anything we've done before. Uh, fuck shields. You get a gun. Yeah. Um, that was, that's so the great. gun arguably is a shield. Like it's, it, it is. Like it that, is that's the thing that you, yeah. like if you're a beginner to the game, you might try to shoot enemies thinking it's going to do big Won't damage. Work. It's really more of a parry. It's like a stun lock, it's, it, or it's a stun yeah. thing. It, it, mm-hmm. it interrupts, basically. It's like, oh, you're yeah. coming to swing at me, and, and I have to know which frame to shoot you, because it doesn't always work, but it's going to stop you in your tracks, basically. Yep, and I'm going to get a shitload of free hits. Mm-hmm. And and I just think it has the best motif uh, out of all those games. It has the most surprises. There's stuff I'm still learning, even when I talk to you guys, that makes me want to go back and like finish all the DLC. Because even that's, like, difficult to find. <laughs> you have to, like, find that in the game. Yeah, yeah. And that that was the thing that it's, like, I'd gotten far enough into New Game Plus that it's just, like, oh, I'm going to have to find my way to this specific spot in order to play the DLC because I didn't have, like, an end game pre-end game save. And then the DLC is going to be, like, twice as difficult because I'm playing on I, New Game Plus. I am literally stuck on the final DLC boss of this game because I am I tried it on New Game Plus and I was just like, fuck this, I can't get through it. It's, like, literally the last boss and he sucks and he's hard. But, like, <laughs> the other thing is this is probably the best uh, Lovecraft game. Mm. Eh, it's one of them. I think, you know, I, I excluded it from a top five about Lovecraft games because... 
I feel like Lovecraft should be about, like, the main characters should be in, like, way over their fucking heads. And I always felt like I was competent enough to deal with things yeah, in this. And, that's true. And that's, I think, the magic. Lovecraft, like, this, this opened my eyes to, like, what makes Souls games good. Because mm. there was a lot of talk at the time about, like, oh, these are so hard. You have to play them. It's like old school difficulty. Oh, man, it's going to crush you. And then you're going to feel great when you finally win. No. The, the real draw of this is that you can always sort of sense... Like, okay, this boss that I just fought for the first time kicked my ass. The second time I start learning their patterns, and I, the third time I start to feel competent, and then you, you always feel like that victory is just out of reach, but you know how to get it if you can just get this timing down right. And and that that's really, like, the satisfaction is in... Yeah. You, you get those little tidbits dangled in front yes. of you. That There's always that carrot dangling in front of you, and you you know it's like, if I reach just a little further, I can grab it. I, 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 I'm I a broken record about it, but, like, ironically, I, uh, I I didn't want to get in a big discussion about it with you guys, but Matt brought something up. I feel like the three, PS360 era might be my least favorite era of games because boss fights were, like, rewards you got to interrupt the tedium of the level you just finished mm -hmm. and almost always were dependent on like a cutscene or an interactive element in that level. It had nothing to do with your skill. It wasn't particularly hard. It was just like a big crescendo moment. We can change the music up and maybe move the camera around a little bit and, and, and play a fancy cutscene. boss fights and darks and the souls likes are so great because the, the sense of accomplishment is like n nothing that came before it. And I wanted to give Bloodborne a shitload of credit because I think my experience was, I it was one of those weird instances. I didn't get a lot of non-games that weren't from our publisher put on my desk, but I don't even know who did it. Somebody put that Dark Souls 2 redo thing on my desk. And I'm like, oh, mm. this is, I'd seen Grimm and Brett play it. I'm like, this isn't for me. And I went home, put it on. I'm like, okay, I'm actually getting into this. I sort of hit a wall and I was playing something else and I I because it was a PS4 exclusive it had not only the marketing but like that cachet as adoption people who there weren't a lot of exclusives there's going to be less exclusives going yeah. forward so it got adopted at a much higher clip and got way more attention than any other souls like game would get and all of a sudden turned a fuckload of it turned this niche genre into for me it's it's my fa it might be my favorite genre of gaming. Yeah, I know. Uh, you talk it up all the time. <laughs> also, I mean, some, so sometimes. Also, this is the best game to fist a pig in. <laughs> so satisfying for the pig. Yeah, that is literally how you kill those big, gross monster pigs. You sneak up on them and literally fist them in their very visible asshole. It's the fucking best. Mm -hmm. And it. I, I think the only thing keeping me from starting again is any kind of, like, PS5 upgrade. Charge me. I don't care. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pay, like, you know, 10 to $30 for an upgrade that also included the DLC. Like, I don't know what the holdup is. Other, It got me thinking today, because, like, we brought up Elden Ring again. Like, well, it's quiet on the Elden Ring front. Uh, fucking armor... Armored Cur is already out. and mm -hmm. But it's not I the same kind of experience. I know, I know, but I'm saying in terms of what is from doing. Yeah, because I was it, thinking that. It's either, but but again, remember the Demon Souls remaster was, wasn't that blue? Yeah, blue, blue point, blue, blue something or whatever. Yeah, so, so they could do it. 
Yeah. Blue Point they, does yeah. great remasters that purists like to turn up their noses at, I've found. And, really? and tell you why they're crappy. Like, oh, this ruined everything. Like, oh, Dar- Demon Souls had like a sparseness in its environments that is not reflected here because they fill it with clutter and like, yeah, it's the same same. Those field. people what? can die in a fire. Demon Souls remake was amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, fuck those people. I thought so. It, it, it is kind of like the only one of the few PlayStation games. Like, do you really want to see four K and sixty frames a second? I was shocked by how few games offer that experience. It's, it's still like Demon a tech, yeah, it's, it's a tech <laughs> showcase for sure. This also has yeah. some of the most ve- memorable voice acting of the last ten years. Oh, a hunter, are you? And an outsider? What a mess you've been caught up in. And tonight of all nights. Here, to welcome the new hunter. What are you still doing here? Enough trembling in your boots. A hunter must hunt. Uh, a hunter must hunt became. I heard one of you guys <laughs> open a beer during that, and I'm like, did they really in the game have yes. her opening a soda <laughs> can? Yeah, she, had a, she had the beer helmet on and everything, uh-huh. hanging from her belt loop like a cousin Eddie. Yep. This bud's for you, hunter. Just dips her beak into the opening <laughs> in the can. Eileen the crow. It's time. <laughs> no, it's a bud. This boot's for you, Hunter. <laughs> it's a boot. Um, shit, I'm trying. Now, this Man, game, I, lo- I also love the, um, yeah, the, I guess it's Victorian era. What, which it's, era? It's, it's, very, it's like a gothic Victorian setting, but it it's, nailed it's not it. and Earth, so. To the point where, like, one of Chris and I's favorite games of this year, I don't know if, if it's one of your favorites yet or not, Michael, but, like, Remnant 2, there are entire yeah. worlds, including the new DLC, that are straight up just like, yeah, no, that was an awesome vibe. We're going for that. It's a bloodborne. Game. It's a bloodborne biome. It's, yes. it's dope. They have created a bloodborne biome. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, Lies of P. Lies of P straight yeah. up. I'm, you know, it's heavily inspired by that because mm. it's, it's a cool... It's a fucking and, really cool setting that not many games explore other than Assassin's Creed Syndicate and these games. Yeah. <laughs> I, as a testament to like how well the Souls-like genre is doing, which I do think Bloodborne is owed the lion's share of, of the debt to, Destiny's ripoffs didn't fare so well. Monster Hunter ripoffs. I don't know where we are with Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, hmm. but that just showed up on Game Pass and I forgot to play it. <laughs> can't read but, Can't read that game title without thinking of that yeah, movie. Yeah. I'm glad yeah, I'm not the only one. Uh, but, but like, it's the only one that is like, it has created a new genre that is successful. Down in like Mortal Coil and like Liza P, mm-hmm. uh, Others. Uh, Lord <laughs> this is one of Chris's other games of the year, Wolong. Uh-huh. Wolong, uh, Liza, uh, but what did Michael just say? Uh, Lords of the Fallen? Yep. Lords of the, uh, or the, Lo- I, they dropped the, the that's yeah, right. Yeah, they it's dropped just, the, that. uh, whatever Timmy, just Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> whatever Timmy's band was called. Mortal Shell, highly Mortal, uh, underrated Mortal Shell. game. That's not so Mortal good. Coil. Right, yeah. So uh, Mortal Shell was fucking. They're they're all like pretty excellent just by adhering to this wonderful thing that From unlocked. And no, even got even the- Jedi, um, not Survivor, yeah. but Fallen Order. Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Thank you. Yeah. Even uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, a little bit Souls inspired with mapping the attack buttons to the shoulders, yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. but it it, it it if you're just. I hate that. Even to me, it was sold. Out. These games are brutal. I'm like, no, games are too easy. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of us yeah, gravitate that's towards the thing, indie that, stuff. Like modern games, and this is like a big complaint that I keep hearing from a lot of especially retro enthusiasts, that modern games are by and large power fantasies that are meant to appeal to the biggest audience possible 
And you don't want to make it too challenging because then they won't yeah. see all the story. You'll have a big drop off in the number of players early on. Yeah. And, Versus and from has never thought that way. Like I've, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the ending of Sekiro because they're like, "Fuck yeah. you! You're never going to see the ending yeah. of this game." They're like, "Fuck you! Prove yourself worthy." <laughs> yes. Forgot about Sucky Row because it's my least favorite Souls like. Yeah. You um, can't you can't brute force through bosses in that game. They're just like, yeah, leveling doesn't matter. It's all yeah, about but, skill, baby. But Bloodborne, I just remember like I got super into it. We streamed it. I showed it to Dave, and he's like, oh, oh, and he went home like, okay, this is great. It was like his first like, oh shit, Souls games. I didn't, I had no idea, uh, and it it's just crazy that came along with Bloodborne. Just and I think that it happened being a PS playstation exclusive somebody there is brilliant because it really helped drive a new generate a new a new genre that was defined in this generation yep hell yeah absolutely technically defined with demon souls on ps3 sure but okay yeah sure fine. but like that that's hardly the game that but refined. Pe- no one no one calls refined. it a demon souls like <laughs> yeah that's true they should but i understand yeah but then I and by the way, I don't want to hear from you freaks that start to tell me about all Frums games before that. Mm-hmm. Those don't count. All right. <laughs> 3D.gameheroes does not exist. Yes. Neither does Do not tell us about all the unpopular games from made where we were <laughs> laughing at them for calling naming games for answer and such. Yeah. And Blurred Burn. Kingsfield, that's the one. That does it for our top five, except <laughs> oh, we fooled you. What's this? A game that Matt could not let go when we were arguing about this. I couldn't. I Animals couldn't let I it go. They're food. Draugr. They're supposed to be dead, but people. They're trying to survive too. Close your heart to it. On our journey, we will be attacked by all manner of creature. Close your heart to their desperation. Close your heart to their suffering. Do not allow yourself to feel for them. They will not feel for you. Bottle up your emotions. He he really did have a character growth arc, I guess. He really did. <laughs> look across the two games. Uh, so this is God of War 2018. Mm. This game, I mean, you couldn't, uh, this list would not be complete. Like, this game has so many hallmarks of the last generation. First of all, completely relaunched a pretty dormant franchise with God of War and made it, you know, something new and fresh and completely different. Um, really sad dad. The sad dad genre was a mm-hmm. big thing last gen because all of a sudden all game devs were starting to have kids, uh, and they were just like, oh, we got to make games about this stuff now. And so, yeah, it's probably the most iconic of those. I was at one of the Sony big E3 press conferences, which are very much firmly left behind in the last gen where like they fucking, they did the gameplay reveal of this and people in, I think it was in the shrine auditorium lost their shit. Um, cause we just didn't know what this thing was going to be. And when he, when he pulls his, puts his hand out and the ax comes back, like mm-hmm. the entire auditorium was just like melted at that point. It was pretty, pretty big moment. Pretty amazing. And yeah, I'd say God of War, if you ask a lot of people, like, what's the first game that comes to mind when you think of the PS4? This this is going to get that yeah. answer probably a third of the time. This is a very so. emblematic game of the last mm-hmm. generation. Oh, yeah. I, I am happy with our list, including leaving this off. Hmm. Why did you both of you leave it off? Because I know it's it's much bigger with you guys. It, it, I mean, the the other five were just so important. Yeah, it, it's it felt really less tough. important, and and yeah, Matt pushed for like we wanted to have some call out to this. 
It, yeah. it it feels like emblematic, but not necessarily defining. Like you could have I mean, missed this in like the last ten years, and you'd be still. And it could have a pretty complete experience as a gamer. But I I think maybe to its credit and discredit, it didn't inspire any clones. Hmm. Yeah. Nobody tried to make a God of War like, including the developers now. I who think, don't, I who think are maybe done. Jedi Survivor, you could say it's trying mm. to do the everything yeah. in one shot thing where like yeah, it maybe. never cuts away. I think I think there are were games there there are actually a lot of games that have sort of tried to copy this. The problem is they don't have the budgets to be able yeah. to truly copy this. Like you yeah. can say you're gonna make another uncharted game. But if you don't have those first party coffers to pull from, you're not doing it. Um, and so, like, I think that's one reason this game's really hard to replicate. But by the way, I didn't leave it off the list in many ways. To me, since it's the last entry we talk about, this is the true number one. He of got the us list. again <laughs> every year. Every year, <laughs> boy, gets his oh way. Boy, did I ever. Boy. Um, boy. But yeah, this 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 was. Uh, you know, it's it's so easy to get hung up on the axe and the fun of throwing the axe that you forget that, like, yeah, this is about a developing arc. These two characters who kind of don't trust each other, even though they're father and son, learning to sort of deal with each other. What have you done? Why did you do that? I saved you. You are trapped in there. I waited and I waited, but you wouldn't come out. So I pulled you out. Boy, I was gone only... Moments. No! You've been gone a long, <coughs> long time. I didn't know what to do. You left me here again. <coughs> Why don't you care? You fucking drunk. <laughs> it's the <laughs> subtext there. Yeah. Uh, Boy, like I said, sad dad games, man. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I, I love just... love you, Atreus. <laughs> I just realized this is sort of defining... It's related to the show. This is the game we did our first spoiler cast for. Oh, ever yeah. at Apocalypse Guide Inn. That's true. This is the game that brought Michael out of his temporary retirement. He was on hiatus, and he recorded the God of War spoiler cast with me, I think... Before we started re-recording wow. shows, or am I completely misremembering no, that? No, that could I, be. I mean, I don't remember, because this was like five years ago, but uh, wow, possibly. Wow, five years ago. Jesus yeah. Christ. But we, we were, you know, we'd just been basically just like, I remember when this came out, we just consumed this game ravenously, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, we got to talk about this somewhere. somewhere and and the, the regular show format doesn't cut it. We got to do something. And so it was like, all right, let's just do a dedicated show for patrons just about this game. And it's so so sad that, like, I didn't feel the same way about its sequel and that's another mm. reason i wanted it sort of represented here is like it's this game was so emblematic of the last gen to me that i almost kind of felt like the follow-up ragnarok it's don't get me wrong it's not a bad game but it's just like it's not as era defining as yeah. this mm. last it's, one it's was, adding you know? a bunch of ornamentation and i mean all that mm-hmm. stuff worked but it's like there's a lot more whereas this is i wouldn't call it compact exactly but there's like there's very little fat on this game yeah, uh, there's it, it's it's just like engaging story and really good action and lots of like fun things to do. Um, and we were talking like you were saying, like, well, maybe it could push Red Dead off the list. And I thought about that. And it's just like, well, I think if there's one flaw to this, it's it. So I platinumed it and there was nothing else to do in the entire game. I had done everything there was to do. It's like this has nothing more to offer. Whereas with Red Dead, I think I could platinum it and still be finding new things for years. That's true. I I do like, though, that 
you can feel like you checked an entire game off the list. Yeah. Like there's nothing else for me to go back to. Like the I sort of like that sense game. of accomplishment. Yeah. Like Spider Spider Man games have done that as well. It's like yeah, you can you can finish this game. Yeah, you know, like you know, maybe, maybe you come back, you can hear some new stories from this guy. Lemire, you were in the middle of a story before. I was afraid I'd be to marry Odin. What was in it for her? It was a sacrifice to protect her people. A selfless act of love. Truly, she deserves better than she got. But of course, there's more to that story. Not as funny as the story where Odin gets high on mushrooms and pokes out his own eye, but... Uh... <laughs> was this the first game to do that thing where if he's, like, mid-story and you, like, land the boat, it puts it on pause, and then when yeah. you get back in the boat, he's like, what were you saying before, Mimir? Yeah, like, Shut starts... the fuck up. Okay, continue. And then Spider-Man does that now, too. And yeah. like, you're like, oh, sorry, I gotta go mid-call, and then call him back, like, so where were we? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like... like... One of the GTAs did that. GTA 4 might have done that because it had the yeah. people calling you all the time. And then you'd hang Cousin. up and they'd say, don't you fucking hang up on me. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. But anyway, yeah, God of War is uh, – this list wouldn't have been complete without at least some kind of mention to me. Fair enough. Go. So that has been our top five plus one. Uh, so that's mm. a long one. But, you know, we're giving tribute to a whole ass generation like here. Seven, so. eight years, man. Yeah, yeah. But on that note, we will take a break. Without Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. They're, um, they're in a different dimension. That's true. Also, gaming. also like, they're not getting a 10th anniversary. Their current gen started in 2017. So when, when we get to 2027, we'll, we'll talk about 10 it years It really does Switch. feel like a, a different dimension mm-hmm. Nintendo is living in. Like a Rick and Morty episode. Yeah. yeah. Here, everybody buys discs, Morty, and they're all four gig games, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> they buy little plastic figures to touch them, Morty. It's crazy. <laughs> so on that note we're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to talk about some new releases some news some other stuff so stay tuned happy birthday happy birthday may your stay blue happy birthday Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. The 1980s were the golden age of mean hard R comedies. I think I was remembering my sanitized commercial television viewings because, like, Beverly D'Angelo's naked for, like, no I, reason, and I totally forgot I about that. I had forgotten all about that because yeah. th- that shocked me, too. I was like, wait a minute. she We see her boobies a couple of times. I don't remember that. This might be a fact. This is the fourth National Lampoon movie? I yes. was shocked to find that out because there's two I have never seen or heard of there, it between Animal yeah, House. Two that are kind of lost. One of them's called uh, National Lampoon Goes to the Movies. And Class then, Reunion. Uh, Class Reunion. Yeah, that's right. I think this is the last movie that where it's clearly defined. Like, Harold Ramis is involved in this in some way. Like, we have some DNA of people who yeah. worked at National Lampoon Magazine. Mm-hmm. And now it's just kind of like anything goes. Now well, it's kind it, of like stoner frat comedies, but not always. They, it's really they, weird. The company doesn't exist, and they sold the I name. Know. 
to put on shitty movies that are like already being made, I believe. And they just they'll affix the National Lampoon's. I guess the R is for the the magazine's reputation itself. It was pretty Hmm. fucking edgy for for its time. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're going to dive headlong into the sticky morass of headlong, awesome new games I'll take you on. known as <laughs> Head PE reference in this show? In this century? Oh, Matt interrupting my preamble joke to make it go on even longer? Good lord. Yes. Uh... Assassin's Creed Nexus VR is out on MetaQuest 2, 3, and Pro. And uh, I should say, like, before... Are those all real words? Do you promise? Yes, those Th- are those all Those all real just words. sound like things you would read on, like, an electrical label. And, and I'm only saying that because I always shorten Assassin's Creed to AC. So AC, Nexus, VR, C, mm-hmm. you got your power converter there, and you don't want to blow yourself a gasket. <laughs> I, I'm not an electrician. I don't know any of these, actually. Uh, so... I, I should say, remind people, of course, I am a Ubisoft employee before I start talking about this. I think I'm also the only one of us of the three who has played this. I got Probably. to play it a few weeks back on MetaQuest 3 and playing as Ezio. And I am impressed what? by how much this captures the Assassin's Creed experience, but in first person in VR. And it kind of combines... You know, going through literal motions like oh, you're you're climbing and you go hand over hand, grabbing handholds. Uh, you you're fighting by like you know swinging the the motion controllers. You can uh, you know reach onto your back to pull out a crossbow, aim it and shoot it. You can use throwing knives. You can use a sword. You can throw a sword. You can do parkour. And the parkour, interestingly, works like it does in the games where you just like hold forward and hold down a button. And you will Mm. move across things very, very fast. Uh, Or if, you know, you are susceptible to motion sickness, then you can uh, just teleport to different places. That's fine, too. (laughs) You probably have the Meta Quest 3 if you have motion sickness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is that a thing happening with the new one? No, 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 no. I, I was saying they're accommodating for people who probably don't have VR. Mm. If you Ah, get motion sickness, VR might be troublesome. So you answered the one question I had about this game, Michael, which was the how does locomotion work? Because, yeah, the motion sickness thing. Yeah. So it does the warp, or it can do the warp thing. It, it can do the warp, or you can use parkour, and they have a bunch of little tricks that they've perfected on other games to keep you from, like, they're, they, they're called comfort features. Like, they have uh, vignettes that pop up. Like if, So if there's something close to your head that you're moving past... Like, it will automatically just pop up little blinders, which is a feature that they uh, invented for Eagle Flight that, you know, kind of keeps you from having that weird dissonance with the motion. If you are afraid of heights because you do do Leap of Faith, the, the Leap of Faith and you do uh, you have a very real sensation of height, you can have like a virtual boundary that kind of it tells you where the floor is. So you remember, like, oh, I'm not actually here. I'm in my room, and I'm not going to fall to my death here. They have that feature where Ezio purrs into your ear. It's going to be okay. Mm. Parkour. <laughs> Parkour. Parkour. But, uh, but I, I am impressed. Very like comforting. It's, it's open maps. Uh, it is free locomotion, free exploration. 
There is stealth. You can creep along and uh, hide in bushes and stuff. And uh, basically most of what you can do in an Assassin's Creed game, you can do here. It's it's pretty cool. And there's also a neat feature that they added um, or that I they saw last time. That is, you know, you know how in modern Assassin's Creed games, you can switch to your eagle and sort of get an aerial drone view almost of, you know, where you're infiltrating, where the enemies are, etc. Yes. Uh, in this, I forget what it's called, but it pulls out and it's almost like a dollhouse view. Like, you see the landscape in front of you as if you're looking at a dollhouse and there's, you know, tiny little guards moving around and you can kind of turn it and, and you know, just see where everything is and... It's super neat. It's it's a really cool game. Uh, if you have a quest and are looking for something cool to play, I strongly recommend it. Not just because I'm a Ubisoft employee, but also because I'm a huge fan of Assassin's Creed, and I think it's really well NBR. represented here. But also, chances are strong if you have a quest, you're probably looking for something else cool to play. It's <laughs> <laughs> yep, not a lot of ton, ton of great stuff. I mean, there are some good games on that thing. I highly recommend that Darth Vader experience yeah, the episodic Immortal. thing yeah yeah that's yeah on, that's on like, p that's on i played it on psvr yeah, yeah mm -hmm. but there's just not a ton of like oh man must plays and this sounds like sounds like the first game in a vr game in a while we're yeah. like oh fuck yeah i gotta play can, I, can I tell you my favorite part of the vader vr experiences please i forget that i am tall am i the tallest member of the show you're six two yeah yeah you're about an inch taller than me. So I, but so when you encounter Vader, it puts me in the role of like a five seven man, and just Jesus, is this what everybody feels like talking to me? Oh my yeah, God, it's so scary. It reminds you of being a kid. You like look up, like oh he's, fuck, he's really <laughs> fucking Frankenstein over here. Good yes, lord, you forget how tall but that man. The is. doctor, not the monster. He was also very tall. I'll have you know. Uh, but, I, you know, just speaking personally, I really like the idea. Like, I feel like there are very few VR games that really deliver on the promise of VR, that you are going to yeah. embody this character and inhabit a virtual world. I feel like too many of them are like these small stationary experiences that yep. never quite live up to the console. So I'm really impressed with what they do here and with just the, the freedom you have to do what you want in these open spaces. I, I feel like that's kind of rare. Um, so I, I champion this kind of development. I hope it pushes the medium forward. I mean, I do love that they go back to Ezio. Like yeah, any Ezio, chance we can get a revisiting Ezio. Mm -hmm. Ezio and Cassandra and uh, Connor. So you they, they each have wow. kind of their self-contained storylines, but they all tie into a larger meta storyline where you are a hacker who Sean and Rebecca... Uh, recruit to infiltrate Abstergo and you work with uh, Domenico Wilk, their head of IT security, who's played by Morena Baccarin of uh, Firefly and other things. Ah, yes. Yes. So Wait, uh, Inara? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh I love Inara. Yep, she's your boss. Welcome mm. to work. Um, Whatever you say, male. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I played a little game called Backpack Hero uh, that came out on Steam, possibly other platforms. And, uh, came out on Nintendo Switch. It was part uh, of the indie showcase. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so this is fun. It's a roguelite city builder, but the central mechanic is Resident Evil-style inventory management. Ah, yes. My favorite part of Bethesda games in Resident Evil. No, no, no. I'm speaking... Yeah, Resident Evil-style specifically where it's like a Tetris game. 
And so you have a backpack and like you start out each round with like, all right, you get a meal that replenishes your, your energy that you can use in combat. You get a wooden sword and you get a shield. And as you level up, your backpack grows. Like you can say, I, I, you can add four spaces in any direction. And uh, then you can add larger and larger things. And then you get items that like, oh, if you put this next to a weapon, it will give you give it a damage bonus, but it will float to the top of your backpack no matter what. Or here's this helmet. If you put it at the top of your backpack, it will give you it will add an extra like block point for every space that's under it. And the combat is very like it, it's turn based, but like you can see, all right, the enemies are about to attack me for this many hits. So I need to hit the block button this many times. So I have this many shield points that they'll they'll will away at before they reach my health and then I can attack them. And it's it's very fast paced and fun. And then you go out into the town and you get to build buildings and attract new residents who will sell you new items and uh, <coughs> or, or sell items for you. Mm. And you can clear rubble and fun stuff like that. And <laughs> clearing rubble, honestly, they should have <laughs> called this pack rat because that's what your character is literally. <laughs> like uh, she is a an anthropomorphic rat, and I think you can unlock other characters as you progress. Um, it's neat if this sounds like your kind of thing. I also played, uh, ex- I think, it, exclusive to PC. Invincible pre- presents Adam Eve. It is exclusive, but I think it's free with uh, Twitch Prime or whatever. Oh, that could be. I think I paid like seven bucks for it. Ooh, you fool. Yes, me fool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have Prime. That does make, yeah, that does make sense. I should get on that and refund it maybe. Um, but <laughs> so it's a visual novel from the perspective of Adam Eve. I wish we had a sound effect that went, ah, yeah, from Invincible. <laughs> but, but there's a twist. Uh, they, you guys always say with visual novels, like, I like gamey games. This yeah. is also a gamey game. Oh. This has a turn, like, turn-based combat and RPG stuff where, oh. like, you, you will level cool. up and then you can spend points to unlock a small galaxy of perks and skills and new attacks and things. So, uh, and then you will go and have these interactive cutscenes where, like, Oh, uh, Rexplode has, like, this is, I think, a prequel to the main series. Or Rexplode has been living in my room for several days, and now he's talking to my parents. Oh, God. Do I tell them about my superpowers, or do I continue to keep my secrets? Uh, do I make out with Rex, or are we just friends? <laughs> uh, Invincible is one of my favorite comics of the last 20 years. And Adam Eve might be the most interesting character from it. Yeah. And I'm excited her, her to see if Her special on Amazon, uh, yeah, on Amazon Prime is fantastic. Like the, the prequel where they just explore her character. I mean, as as she moves forward, like, I think it's like 100 issues in. It's one of my favorite things that has ever happened in a comic, and it's because of her. And it, I love, and she's uh, Gillian Jacobs in the show, right? Hmm. Isn't she? Sounds about Is right. It? I don't know. Communities, Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Britta. Um, Britta. But is she any voice don't, in the don't game? Don't Britta, no. Jeff. Uh, and, and you don't that, get to call Britta the worst. And that's the thing. It's like, well, this this does interesting things with the visual novel format, but uh, to me at least, it doesn't feel compelling enough on its own. That it's like, yes, I'm willing to overcome the limitations of this format and enjoy it. Mm. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. thoroughly sounds like a game that was created to promote. Yeah. That- 
Amazon Prime special or mm-hmm. the new season of Invincible, and mm-hmm. uh, they said, oh, we could probably charge for this. I don't know. I haven't played it. So that's just what it looks like from the outside looking in. It's an interesting design. Um, you know, maybe maybe if I had stuck with it, it would get the show, more interesting. The show, we like the show, right? The show oh, is pretty the show. good. The show's fantastic. Uh, I, sorry I to talk like Donald Trump. I season one of the show <laughs> to get caught up for season two. So mm. it, it, I like what I've seen so far. I watched I, I watched to get caught up with Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Only yeah. Man Kingdom Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Last week. Mm-hmm. It's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's they can't. They they had Superman in the game, yes, hmm. but Omni Man is really violent. Yeah, <laughs> Omni Man is also more of a ground character than I expected. I expected him to be more floaty, like Superman and in Injustice. I mean, yeah, part of what he do- does is fly into buildings, burst through, and go immediately through people's chests before mm-hmm. talking. Yeah, Omni Man rules. Mm-hmm. Viltrumites forever. <laughs> and of course, his his fatality is the subway thing that uh, he does. I saw that. Yeah, that was amazing in the show. Mm. Uh, the difference is that the person he's holding in front of the subway is not an invincible alien like him. And that game Kombat. bothered to get Just Kidding Simmons mm-hmm. on the, That's in true. the game. Although, it it, like, Matt has ra- raised this point before, that like there is a bunch of dialogue and there are character-specific little bits of banter. I think they only show up in versus mode. If you're doing the latter challenges... You will oh. just get like every single intro is just like him going <laughs> or something like that. That's it's, it. Oh, yeah. that okay. That must let's be do one this, Parker. Mm-hmm. It used to be they were in the ladder challenges because that's how I heard all like the bad Rambo dialogue with the bad turn. <laughs> yeah, dialogue. I, don't, I don't think you get that in this one. Uh, I oh, think man. it's just in verses. <laughs> it's uh, a little disappointing. Fucking, fucking fantastic. Because where do you want to listen to a cutscene the most when you're fighting another player? That's what. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> smash that advance. Uh, in case it's, it hasn't been pointed out, and I, I love, I forget what article. Uh, MCU has Kevin Feige. James Gunn is going to reboot uh, DC. Every other comic is represented by Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is making all this happen, yep. from the boys to the Ninja Turtles uh, to Preacher. Seth Rogen, the king of comics. <laughs> I, I love it's all been my master series. plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tease Michael on Twitter. I play games like this, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Might Sorry. be a bit of a cell phone on his part, but I'll just, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, I thought that was a really classy move on his part. What annoyed me was, like, all the fans who came in like, yeah, tell this idiot. I play games like this all the time, too. Like, okay. Great. I think it was... You know what? I've been an asshole on the internet in regards to defending myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he was being with you. Yeah. No, that's fine. He was well within his rights. No, I'm you don't play games him. like that. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't. Do you also shit facing the wall in public bathroom <laughs> stalls? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, there's, there's a way. To, there's a right <laughs> way to hold right these to controllers. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, let's see. Remnant 2, The Awakened King, you guys. Yes! Yeah, this, yes. yeah you Not guys to be confused with this. The Taken King from mm-hmm. Destiny. <laughs> Even though it sounds very similar. <laughs> I just sh- should have called this The Woke King. Wow. Oh. Even more of a reason to fight him. <laughs> I can woke, I can put my full-on Karina character DeSantis in there. Mm-hmm. Now, so this, this is the new DLC. It takes place in the Lasam area. It's, it's the Bloodborne area mm-hmm. of Remnant. You go back to that area. Um... And 
It's more of that game, which I love. Uh, yeah, it does that game introduce is great. a new archetype, which is called the Ritualist, which you have to unlock through an event. Uh, look it up online if you want to know where to find it and, and get the thing you need to unlock that archetype. But basically, the archetype is status effect based. So unfortunately, it doesn't work with my build because the way my mm-hmm. build works is I, I have like a high powered sniper rifle one shot that also uh, heals me every time I, I connect with a shot and gives oh, me a little bit of a shield. So status effects don't really matter because I, I one-shot kill most enemies. But maybe I'll play around with it. Um, I was playing a lot of it uh, this week. First thing I'll say right off the bat is I'm either really rusty or this is balls hard. Um, like way more difficult probably than the base game, uh, which is fine because that's what you want from a good remnant experience. Yeah, man. I, that's why I started on veteran. That game rules on hard. Um, I, so as an example, like the, you know, Oh, the, and the way you get to this, I should say, cause I had to look it up online is this is only playable in the adventure mode. So you go to the, oh. the big jewel thing and you have to yep. re-roll a new adventure. And it's like, they, they straight up say in there, it's like, this is a one shot. Like this lives on its own. Um, and, and the way adventure stuff works is all of your progress, all of your weapons, everything carries back over into the campaign mode if you want. But, um, so you have to roll a new adventure and it rolls just in this world. And the basic premise is the one true king who was previously mentioned. I think he was, wasn't he the guy that they thought was like murdered and you had to choose like, oh, who's the guy who killed him? And then you would fight the other one based on who you'd accused or whatever. With that council or, um, I'm pretty sure that that's all related. It's it's the Fey councils, and they came in and and that took over this other world. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter. All all that means is he. It, this is why he's here as the boss. That's all he needed to know to matters really understand to, the events of this. Matters this to me because spoiler alert, listeners. The only thing keeping this the final boss to making this game of the year is Michael Raparez because hmm. I have had more fun in this game than any other game this year. Right. Even uh, Super Mario. I, I certainly loved um, in this game that that gives you, in addition to the new archetype, there's a bunch of new weapons to collect. Like I collected two halves of a, of a scythe and then I was able to assemble that into a cool melee weapon, which really, again, is meant to complement the ritualist build. So it doesn't work for me, but I'm sure it would work for somebody's build. But uh, Yeah, I, I really got so good. Like I just had a melee weapon. What's the most fun? These Wolverine claws. Schnicky, schnicky, zo- I was zo- with you when you got those. Yeah, I remember. Well, that. I got an. I, I think a different set. There's like two sets, but it's just it's just so fun to do, and it's nowhere near the most powerful, and it doesn't complement my build at all. But like, I'm so powerful in every other area. You really like that one girl in Gangs of New York who had those, and you said, "I'm going to do that one day in a Vigi game." You know, I should be a guy who gets Gangs of New York references. But, <laughs> But in here that we opening are, brawl, like there's that girl who has the Wolverine claws, and she's like ripping dudes' ears off with her. It's just been a while. She Gallus Mag or something? I forget. Sure. Yeah. You got Wiki Paris. <laughs> he didn't even look at the internet to do that. Like, oh my yeah, god! I don't what? Know. Oh my god! Are you sure you're okay? If you remember that that I, level I, of a fact, I remember Gallus Mag. She's a historical figure who I think was, took people's ears at, at the oh, bar she yeah. worked at. Oh, the memory okay, is on this the guy. One. Yeah, that's the one who's like a, an alcoholic by the, the events of the movie itself after the intro sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her. Anyway, Remnant DLC, it's quite good. Um, refreshingly, it's only $10 for this expansion, or you get it if you have like the deluxe version of the game with the season pass. And Thank all you. Stuff. 
So, uh, yeah, and we got a code for this for when mm-hmm. we got the original game. We got the deluxe edition. So uh, thanks to friend of the show who provided that. But, no, I it's just more Remnant 2, I which, Remnant a little 2. bit of a spoiler mm-hmm. alert, folks, probably going to appear on our Game of the Year discussions at mm-hmm. some time or another. So Because it's a really good game, and this is more of it. And so why wouldn't you play it if you like that game? All of the experience I had in Destiny, I've had several times with people in Remnant. This game's so good, it's one of the only times that, that brought the three of us together to play yep. a co-op experience. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was like, why do you guys like this? <laughs> you both uh, came in to say, like, oh, no, we'll show you, we'll show you. Oh, wait, you got the really shitty level. Why'd you roll this <laughs> <Yeah>. one? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, your your campaign sucked. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you should have just re-rolled it. Like, that's the beauty of Remnant is, like, just re-roll your campaign mm-hmm. at that point. Like, it doesn't really matter. Oh, well. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, some Love stuff it. came out that we haven't been able to play yet. Persona Five Tactica, a- which is on Game Pass. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check that a- out. Super deformed tactics. Uh, Persona Five sequel. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, some might say the characters look chibi. Chibi. Uh, PlayStation Portal, uh, I can't Oof. imagine any of us are going to get. I, I hear it's hard to get. I hear it's actually oh. like if you go to their website, they're like, check back with us around hmm. Christmas. So. It's it's a $200 second screen uh, for your PlayStation 5. It is not a device for remote play. It is on your home Wi-Fi. It is so that you can play PS5 in a different room or while someone else is using your TV. On the shitter. You can play yeah, your PS5 true. on the shitter with that's, that. If that's your thing. I, I read a couple reviews of it, and it's all like, this is undeniably cool. Um, it's just difficult to figure out who it's for. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like if if that's something that you're looking for, like, it feels really good, and it's a really good way to do it, but, like... I, I can't think of, like, I, I don't have a use for this. Yeah, it's, it operates... I, I wonder if we don't have a little bit of, like, older person bias here and that we are mm. all old enough where we own multiple television sets in yeah. our house. But and, like, and imagine kind of shaped the spaces around them to be... I, I think there, exactly there's a bit getting, As a teenager, I was kicked off the TV oh, yeah. all the time. And right. so maybe this is more for, like, kids yeah, living in a family you household. You have multiple TVs in your household. Sure. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. then, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like maybe this is well, more for that kid who. Well, because like, I, I thought like I think we like uh, oh, it's trying to like be a switch, but it the the portal is really more the Wii U gamepad with an extender because <laughs> it's uh you have to yeah. turn your you console have to have on PS five yeah it's the not console stable. cannot be used for any other purposes while you're using the portal which is fine because like. You know, maybe sometimes you want to play games in your bedroom or your front porch, or if you have one. I know I don't. Uh, but uh, the internet requirements are like my internet's doing something weird right now. But like right now, where I am, Portal wouldn't work very good. Uh, and I didn't know like this isn't a deal breaker by any means because again, we all have infinite. We have plenty of screens. You can buy a TV for less than two hundred dollars. But you can't stream it. Your media apps don't work on it. Hmm. What? Like, that's like streaming oh, I bet Netflix that's a rights and thing. I, be, I bet that's totally a rights thing from like the. Streams I know, but I just, I just, I can't think of. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably a a rights license thing that Sony didn't want to pay for. Because why would you? Because that's not really the purpose. The purpose is to extend your gaming experience. Because because essentially what what I like about the reviews, it's 
DualSense controllers are almost $100. So for twice the price, you could attach a screen to it and have a second controller. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, that yeah, is a good way of that's, it, it. If you think of it as a second a fancy Elite controller, what are the Xbox Elite paddles? I don't have fucking flippers. I don't need those. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what X- some of that haptic shit does to the, the screen shaking in front of you, though. Right? I think like they, they, they did say, like, there's an odd compromise because uh, if you were playing Spider-Man, the touchpad is pretty vital to that experience. Right. I yeah, think shittily gotta- so. I didn't like using it in the game at all. And wish they would have mapped those to other controls. Oh, you mean the swipes? Well, you can. I map. I map mine to the D pad. Oh, you like, can. Good. Good. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah. pulling up a camera, I just remember like I should get a video of me trying this for two fucking minutes, and it does not work. Because yeah, the D pad's empty in that game, you can map basically hmm. four different things. Why didn't they just of, do one that? One of them was the camera. Yeah. Well, the compromise here isn't good because it involves touching the screen, which isn't a great touch screen, and. No. And, and gets your screen dirty and smudgy with your mm. nasty Mountain but, Dew again, that's, and that's, Dorito that, hands. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that shouldn't even knock off a point. The battery life is good. When you have a great Wi-Fi internet connection, it works. But I think the Wired review said 15 up. Th- that's what you need to have. 15 up, period. Mm. Or, or like you will not have an optimal experience in a Spider-Man 2 type game. Good to know. Yeah. And uh, but but the, yeah, if you think of it as an expensive peripheral and less like it's not a Steam Deck, it's not a Switch. I kind of wish it was, but it's not because you, you all of you have the Remote Play app. If you own a PS Five, yep. I've used like, it. I've used it on PS on PC before. It works yeah. like a charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like you already have access to this, uh, and you can connect your DualSense controller to whatever that device is. Speaking of. Expensive things uh, that are PS5s. Uh, I got the uh, the PS5 Slim today. Looks uh, so weird. It, I couldn't. It does. It's got those like stripes down the sides where the the plates break off, and uh, you can, if if you want to take off, rem- remove the disc drive. You can put just like a smooth plate on there, which is and, and it, it looks. Travel. They call it the Slim, but it looks less thin. But it looks more just shorter than the original. Right? Yeah, it's like shorter. It's, it's definitely lighter. Like as you guys the, the, pointed the, out when I photographed the it, comment I can, when Mike Michael had sent a picture of him holding it up, I'm like, is that a Christmas ornament of the PS5? <laughs> it, it doesn't look exactly like a PS5, but I know I couldn't one hand this in Hallmark front of a camera. Has outdone themselves this year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can comfortably lift it with one hand, not for very long, but you know, it's it's much yeah. lighter. Valid than the form PS5. of measurement yeah. for consoles now. Well, well, can, well, can I palm I, I, this I, thing? I think objectively we can say the PS5 is objectively heavy mm-hmm. and objectively ugly. Yep. And it just it and looked weird when like you're trying to prettier. emulate the, the design of the ugliest console of all time. <laughs> like why not just – I almost bought a $10 PS Slim at that estate sale because it like what a cool design. Hmm. It's small – like uh, optimize that shit. But uh, I just assume the PS5 looks the way it is for venting purposes. Yeah, mine's already and, and power wise, hot. it's the same. But I think a reason to upgrade that might be worth it alone, assuming you can get enough for your base PS5, it's got about 150 more gigs of storage yep. available to you. Yeah. something like that. And so. as as of when I bought it, I'm not sure if this is still the case. It probably will be through Black Friday, if I were to guess, uh, not knowing anything. 
Um, it like so the base pro- the base unit with no games included costs the same as the Spider Man two or Modern Warfare oh, three shit. packs. So you get you get fifty dollars off if you buy one of those, and uh, so it's it's five hundred dollars. But there's a game included, and you get a seventy dollar free seventy dollar game. Yeah, and uh, also the 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 slim has something kind of weird. So it doesn't come with a stand for verticality, but if you want to lay it horizontal, it comes with a couple little plastic feet that you like stick into the side of the unit, and then that that supports it. You sent us a picture of those. Those are the most Office Depot fucking looking things I've ever <laughs> yeah, seen. Little, come little ship with the translucent with the plastic console. triangles, but like with little like. Well, I guess that those are the felt parts of that's what's touching the actual surface, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was, yeah, yeah. Okay, so wait, horizontal. So my PS5 right now sits like my PS4, flat. Mm-hmm. Is that so what you mean by horizontal? Flat. Yes, horizontal. Flat. And remember, Not the original up. PS5 had that really funky stand that, like, if you nudge the PS5, it comes off the base. Do I have a stand on mine that I'm forgetting about? Yes. Okay. You have a stand that you ha- you <laughs> kind of attach to the back, but it doesn't really attach, and that's why it's a really weird design. This one has the little feet, which I didn't know they had, or they will charge you, I think it's $30 for Ooh. a stand or something mm-hmm. like that. Or maybe maybe that's for the vertical stand. Like, they're, yeah. they're basically, there's another charge if you want a stand, you have to pay Sony on top of the console. But it price. may be aesthetic. I'm sure it stands fine on its own. I never yes. cared about this at all, mm. but I now have a house with a built-in entertainment center that... I would have to do actual construction to expand and or or do anything else. And I deeply resented how big the PS was. Well, there's your problem. Built in entertainment. So, folks, little Maddie L, homeowner advice for you here. If you you get yourself a house, if you find yourself one of the fortunate (laughs) few. Yeah. Just go back in time to 1972 and buy one for $10,000. Yeah, have that that Goodfellas rock wall. (laughs) If you have the means for built ins, Go ahead and build in a bar. The bar's not going to change over the years. Bars have been the same for hundreds of years, right? You got place to store your bottles, place to store your glasses, place to fix your drink. You know what changes all the fucking time? The components in your entertainment center. So why would you want that to be an unchangeable static thing in your home? It's so funny. You say, I wish you were saying this to my dad right now, <laughs> whose, whose eyes are going and needs a bigger screen. In the 80s, he's like, uh, we can build you a bar into, into your living room. And they did. And he built a built-in entertainment center in accordance with the bar. Construction workers have come over and like, we could do this? It would be like $20,000. Oh, solely so, so now his built-in entertainment center, which was built to accommodate Sony Trinitron 27-inch television. <laughs> Enormous. <laughs> it's it's this deep, deep <laughs> box. So what he had to do is get a one of those hyper arms that extends out, and it goes over go. his shelves and his bar, and he can only do four, 40 inches is what he's like max. That's wow. max what he can put in his built entertainment should center. just get a projector and a screen. Yeah, That's what I told him. He's like, but I don't want – He like, dude, he has a bunch of shit. God, his, he loves birds and butterflies like a weirdo. I don't want to get rid of my duck statues and put a projector over my fireplace. Like, boomer problems. Fine. Go fuck yourself. I'm out of solutions for you. I'm not helping anymore. With your home that you with bought. Your, with your 
<laughs> Almost paid for home. Suck yeah. my dick, Dad. Uh, also, the Super Mario <laughs> RPG is out by the time yeah. the show is. What a, what so, a great yeah. segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're telling your dad to suck your dick. <laughs> Here's a weird, a very weird thing. I didn't know what I was going to use half of my Nintendo voucher on after the Zelda mm-hmm. scam we all did. Um, I know we all did it because we talked about it's it. It's not a scam but if they tell you to do it. I know. I know, I know, but it's like you you pay a hundred Nintendo a hundred dollars and you can download two games. Zelda is ten dollars more expensive for some reason because it's better than all mm-hmm. those other games. They can they can do that. So you paid se- so thirty dollars was like a free sixty dollar game. I chose Super Mario Oneider, but then I also discovered Sea of Stars, which I just started. I w- I'm on the home stretch of that. A lot of my Mario RPG nostalgia is very well represented by that game. Mm. Very oh, well. Good to know. And and the idea of paying another $60 for a game that is doing that and better, I don't... Super Mario RPG is my gateway to RPGs. I didn't understand them. I didn't know them. I played through the game, I think, five, six times. I love mm. Super Mario RPG. Mallow forever. Eugenio people are weird. Uh, love Mario RPG. <laughs> And uh, but I don't know if my time and money is worth picking it up well, right away. Maybe I don't we'll know. know by this time next week. Yeah, I've never never played the originals, so like I'm sort of looking forward to it's trying it for the first time. So fucking good! It has that Nintendo magic, like that. What we were talking about with with Bloodborne, like RPGs were for me, were impenetrable. Adding the Mario characters in and streamlining a lot of things and then adding a lot more interactive elements. I don't know how much new they've added to the game that make it any more modern. I don't know how much they could do to make it any more modern. They updated but it, the combat quite a bit, apparently, for this it's, consideration. The combat is very, very good. It's what it's what spawned Paper Mario and... Uh, uh, Mario and Luigi, like that, this that style of gameplay. So if you're missing those types of games, go for it. But Sea of Stars is is no extra cost on is it game PS Pass, Plus yeah. and Game Pass? Is it on or PS, just Plus? PS Plus? I didn't know that. I, 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 I thought I remembered Pass. there was there was a game this year that simultaneously hit both at launch, and I thought it was Sea of Stars. I could be wrong, but I'm playing it on PlayStation. It is at no extra cost on PlayStation. That's what I do, man. Two subscriptions at the same time. There you oh, go, yeah. man. There you go. No, you get your ass kicked doing something like that in Mario RPG. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move along to... News. The Keelys are coming yeah. up. It's that time of year. The... Game Awards. The mm. I, I feel like Keeley should pronounce it like Ohio State players say their the name of their school when they're introducing it. I am from the Ohio State, the Game Awards. Mm. Anyway, we've got the nominations in. Um the the winners in terms of noms were Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3, both leading the way. Eight nominations. Yes, each. Baldur's Gate 3, aka the game I keep telling you guys is fucking amazing, and you're both like, eh. Maybe when it's on sale. I, I'm not arguing that it's not going to be great, but I'm waiting for it to be on sale. But where, where are all the ethics and games journalism people were like, Alan Wake 2? How many people have finished this game that's been out for like four days? 
it, it gets it's, nominated. It's been out for longer than that. I know. I'm kidding. And 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 shenanigans. They probably got early access, which Ooh. tainted uh-huh. their ethical boundaries because yeah. they got it. Yeah, did they disclose that? They I bet they didn't. time to review it before it came out. I know, it's weird. <laughs> so that reviews could hit the day it launched mm-hmm. to benefit me, the consumer. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, no, that's not that's not the narrative I've been meaning to. And oh, never mind. according to Reddit, you can't comment on a game until you finished it. Exactly. Because <laughs> you have no have idea opinion. whether it's good or not until, you, until you've finished <laughs> no it. No wonder they hate our show so much. Oh, man. <laughs> oh they had yeah. this ending where I got a blowjob from my high school prom date. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it really tied it all together. I couldn't get a feel of it yeah. until but 80 anyway, hours. Anyway, I, I won't go through all the nominations. Alan Wake 2 with the eight, uh, is up for Game of the Year, Game Direction, Narrative, Art Direction, Score and Music, Sound Design, Best Performance, and Action Adventure Game. The genres are where they started to get a little weird, by the way, with those. Um, mm. Anyway, let's let's not even talk about what defines an indie game. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> Game of the Year, Direction, Narrative, Score and Music, Best Performance, uh, Community Support, and Best RPG, and Best Multiplayer. Uh, Spider-Man 2 got seven noms, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom got five nominations with Super Mario Bros. Wonder with five I think one of the biggest surprises to me, or perhaps shuns, although not surprising if you know my opinions on this game, Starfield only got one nomination in the best RPG category. So Wow. No love and then for a little Star bit of plug Garfield. here, and I am a Sega employee who works on this game. Sonic Superstars is nominated yeah. for Best Family Game, so go ahead Woo! and vote for that, folks. Because, by the way, yeah, voting is open. Go vote. Go to thegameawards.com or whatever and, and vote for all the people. And Because um, I don't know the exact way it works, but I'm pretty sure it's like there's a combination of like what the press vote on and then what, what, what fans vote on. And he feeds it into some machine tallies the results in florida only the most accurate state for tallying election results <laughs> and it's <laughs> that's a really old joke <laughs> yeah yeah nobody nobody named chad is allowed to participate <laughs> and uh yeah it spits out the results and we will get our winners announced i think it's december 7th is the show date is when it's actually airing so nice um really uh, just a news i didn't see in here Matt, but i wanted to bring up because it's short, the weirdest release or at least announcement saga in the history of video games, Grand Theft Auto 6, December 7th, we'll see a trailer. <laughs> they they well, didn't announce the game as much as they confirmed it. Like, yeah, those hacks are real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it last week that they announced that there would be a trailer. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. We, this is me being drunk at the final segment yeah, again. But I, I do remember Jason Schreier like, reported it, and I sent you guys the link. And you're like, man, I really wish that this. That, yeah, I, why is he spoiling the surprise? And then the surprise was just like one of the Housers. I think Dan Hauser is just like tweeting, "We're going to have a trailer next month." That was the weird because that did happen this week. Yeah. The Housers, like, I think that was a also tweet. A tweet. Yeah. Given what Twitter is now, this is how you announce GTA. A GTA announcement is coming. It's mm-hmm. so strange, and it sucks for them. It. it- was very much in line with when they do their quarterly shareholder yeah. results mm-hmm. announcement. Yep. Hmm. Wonder if that's just a coincidence. But is, is this coinciding with the Gamma Awards? And is this uh, that's the all the speculation is like that's probably where we'll see it. Although Rockstar's big enough, they could fucking just do it on their own, and they would the only company games, that so. has ignored E three before it was cool. Yeah. So them them participating even in the Game Awards is weird. Is like. 
we're in a different era now, people. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if you guys heard, we were talking about Omni-Man in Mortal Kombat 1. Omni-Man. Earlier, but uh, there's sort of some controversy attached to not just his appearance, but kind of uh, monetization in Mortal Kombat 1 in general. Mortal Kombat 1, by the way, one of my favorite games of the year so far. Love the campaign, finish the campaign. I, I love, I think the invasion kind of board game thing is really cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's not cool to a lot of folks is paying a lot of money for the DLC and other stuff. And specifically, folks are a little bit up in arms. There was a, a well, the fact that they're selling fatalities is probably, that is, that's where we could start as one weird. discussion. Um, Outside of, I mean, they've done this for like three or four Mortal Kombat's now. They will just sell easy fatality tokens, which to me is the laziest shit ever. Because you can literally pause the game at any time, look at the command, enter it in, and it will work. Like, you don't need to memorize fatalities. And the fact that if you're willing to spend money because you're too lazy to look in the UI at the commands is I don't want to hit one button to hit three buttons. I can't. I just can't be it's, bothered. Yeah, but anyway, so but folks are up in arms because around Halloween time they had a kind of a holiday yeah. specific fatality. I think it puts put like a jack o' lantern on the dude's head, and I'm sure did lots of other bloody stuff. It was about ten bucks if you look at like their Ooh. currency, uh, it's like the combat crystals or whatever that whatever they call them. It was about Gross. ten bucks just on its own. Uh, Omni Man for that new character, if you were to try to pay for it by yourself, is just around eight bucks. Um, hmm. people were not happy about the price of that fatality, and, and oddly enough, the announcer pack for Omni Man. If you want him to be the guy that says like fatality, uh, so and it. By the way, it is. It is. I didn't know you could do that. That's it amazing. Is just kidding, Simmons. Just kidding, Simmons. Oscar voice. winner. Just kidding, um, Simmons. Costs ten dollars just for the voice pack, so it costs more than the character. I, I hope he makes a bunch of money off that. I really do. People were not happy, and. There's a couple things they're they're unhappy about. Number one is just how expensive stuff is, but number two is like the pricing seems a little bit all over the board. Which, if that's your complaint, I'm like, have you not been paying attention to free to play yeah, games not- and pricing? Because this shit is never consistent. It's always all over the place. The, the, and like, the closest I've been to Karening recently, like I needed food, but all I really was. Re- <laughs> I was hankering for a sweet, an ice cream. So I'm like, I'll pull into Dairy Queen. Get their shitty fucking burger and their shitty fucking fries. And hey, let me get a small blizzard while we're at it. And then the guy said, er, that'll be $21. Like, $21? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Joe Biden's America is what's going on. Uh, I'm kidding. But like $21 for a burger, fries, and a blizzard. Eesh. I don't know that I can yell at a game for like... For these, it seems insane, but like everything else is so out of whack. My cat litter has tripled in price. But I mean, when you when you consider the game itself is seventy bucks, so mm-hmm. that's I mean, no, DLC I pricing has always been weird. In that, like, hey, you're paying like a fifth of the cost of the game for. Like, I get this it, one just cosmetic. but just yeah. conceptually, uh, well, 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 comparatively. Everything else in my life has gone up so much more than these prices that sure. Mortal Kombat is reporting. It's and all to bad. to the credit, Warner, I think they did a make good for people who were upset about the Halloween um, fatality. So there is an upcoming like holiday fatality pack that bundles together a Halloween one, a Thanksgiving fatality, which is fucking gross, by the way. I don't know if you guys check that out or not. He basically no. starts with cr- 
kind of the equivalent of curb stomping the dude's face into the edge of the table and then force feeding them food and then stepping on their stomach until they throw up and their That's eyeballs That's awesome. Pop out. Nice. That's it's Nightmare on Elm Street Kombat. 4 or 5 shit 5 shit 5. Yeah. Oh, good. But then and then there's an upcoming um Christmas season fatality. So all together, the three of those they're only charging ten dollars for, and they said anyone who bought the Halloween fatality for ten bucks is gonna get the pack. So that's that's a good that's nice. make good, and that that feels more reasonable. But I, I the reason I'm pointing it out is like, what is DLC pricing? It's always yeah. been crazy. It's always been all over the board. There is no like games we we know like okay that is a sixty or seventy dollar. That's a full price game. Oh, there's a your twenty dollar games or whatever. Even games, by the way, the pricing's all over the board nowadays. But uh, I, because like I'm not DLC's defending it consistent. necessarily, but like Omni Man is eight dollars. I yep. discovered Omni Man in the pages of Invincible. Invincible, I think, was when it was still going, was four dollars digitally a comic. So for the price of two comics, I could have an Oscar winner voice it and play him in a game. It's not obscene. It's not obscene. <laughs> That's where things get weird with DLC is when you start to compare the values and the prices of things. Like it will never make sense to you. So don't even. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to say whether that. I, it feels weird for games, but also like, you know, I'm sort of I, I love Mortal Kombat and Omni Man and J.K. Simmons, but like. You're all suckers if you're paying for DLC. If it was really that vital, the game would be in there. If you want to play it throughout the rest of your life, why wouldn't you pay, for fuck's sake? Like, uh, you're not paying a monthly fee for Mortal Kombat. If you want to, you want, want to support it, here, here you go. And it's not, it's just not that terrible. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Try and buy a 4K movie online. Uh, this digital file that's, uh, you know, a third bigger than the other one. Ten dollars extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ten dollars. Thirty dollars movie movie rental. How about that? New York oh, City. Yeah, uh, everything sucks, and don't vote for people who uh, don't care about your money or work. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. We could try that. All right. But uh, uh, yeah, so I would just say um, buyer beware. But it sounds like the <laughs> if you are willing to pay for fatalities, the way to go. Get that bundle pack, folks. Because you get three for ten dollars. Three dollars of fatality, that's a steal. Oh you'd be you'd be losing money not to buy that thing. Mm-hmm. Also, like uh, uh, slightly conversely, nineteen ninety two. How much would you guys have paid for another fatality in your Genesis or Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat? Because three dollars was my allowance. Yeah, nothing because I, I was a teenager. I would have yeah. paid it instantly like uh holy shit oh that but that's where the pricing gets even weirder so omni man comes with two fatalities so for eight Mm -hmm. bucks you get an all new character all new moveset plus two fatalities but there was one halloween fatality which granted works i guess with all characters like that they have to make those work with any character they're not character specific so that was 10 bucks on its own again the pricing's weird. Maybe don't do the comparison. Thing, do do what I do. Be bad at fighting games. Play online, and you can see the fatality for free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or just go to YouTube. There you go. Where I saw that Thanksgiving fatality. Gross. Nice. Uh, let's see. It. Nintendo had Oop. an Indie World showcase uh, where they, they announced some really cool stuff. Uh, first off, and probably the most exciting thing for me, is WayForward... Um, is bringing back a canceled title that they were working on back in 2001 
Uh, it is the Game Boy Advance Shantae game called oh. Shantae 2 Risky Revolution. Ah, yes, the lost that game. That is now coming to Switch. So that Eat. is a game they are updating. Um, I don't If you guys have played the modern Shantae games, and I don't know how modern you can they're call them. They're quite good, they're, yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. all excellent. I love Shantae games and um really excited to get this thing that we never had before. Uh, Shantae to me is such a weird series because it feels like it's like a retro throwback to a thing that wasn't actually retro, but then it's like, no, no, there actually was like a Shantae yeah. game on Game Boy. Advance. Published by Capcom stuff. back yeah. when they did yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, but I, I, but a majority of that franchise's life has been spent in the modern era made by way forward. There've been way more, I think way more Shantae games in the past, yeah. like 15 years than there ever were in the original ones. Right. Yeah, yep. that's uh, uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember I walked into Best Buy a year ago and there was a Shantae doll. And like the idea that there's merchandise for an indie game, it's like this is the best reality gamers ever had. Yeah. Also, so cool. one of the most wholesome games with some of the horniest character yeah. designs you will ever see. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yes. Um, let's see. So there, there's a lot of other you know games here, which your mileage may vary depending on the type of indie game you like. But one thing I did want to call out: we already mentioned Backpack Hero. This is where that was shown. Um, Outer Wilds, the Archaeologist Edition, mm. is coming to Switch, and so that's the version that includes the awesome DLC, which the, the Echoes of the Eye expansion, which. Highly recommended, by the way. Good oh, yeah. Halloween play. If you Fantastic. if you want to kind of be scared, uh, takes place in the dark a lot, a lot of jump scares and stuff. So, um, Switch users, look forward to that. That that game, whew, boy, one of the best games. I guess that was last generation as well, wasn't mm. it? Or is it? No, it was technically well, this generation. Mean, yeah, last gen Xbox, PS4. Yeah, really love Outer Wilds. Can't can't talk it up enough. And Switch owners, you will now have the ability to play that special edition with the DLC. So uh, look forward to that. I don't know. Did you guys, any other uh, announcements from this showcase? Strike your fancy braid anniversary edition. Anyone? Oh, (laughs) I've seen that guy's politics. I don't think I need to go back to that. Oh, really? Oh, Uh, okay. I I, 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 I didn't see it. Um, But, you know, to me, the Nintendo indie showcase should be called like, Nintendo doesn't do QA anymore. <laughs> we will do simultaneously uh, simultaneously uh, early access launches on our Switch now, which is very un-Nintendo, but I just rolled credits on Dave the Diver, and I'm happy they did it because hmm. I wouldn't be able to play it on any of my PCs because they're all game. choked with podcasts. Hmm. There was a game that looked like a furry's delight called On Your Tail that's going to be a Switch exclusive for Ooh. at least a timed exclusive coming in 2024. So uh, uh the Switch the Switch was voted last year most uh surprisingly easy to masturbate to, so it's a good it's a good platform for it. <laughs> really, is. you can take it in the you can take it in the bathroom uh-huh. like uh, if you have a good plastic bag, a shower's nice. It ain't called the Joy-Con for nothing, Chris. There you go. There, there, there you is. go. There it is. HD Rumble. <laughs> Uh, Michael wishes he was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a good time as any to transition out of. That is all the news that's fit to play. Yes, thank you. All right, let's move on to the community segment, which is segmenting our community somehow even more than the conversation we just had. Uh, (laughs) Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was which Triforce of actors would you cast as Link, Zelda, and Ganon? The official Laser Time community on Facebook first answer was David Charles Hatfield, who says... 
told in the form of a biopic so they can treat the whole series as a salad bar, take what they want, and just do set pieces. Ganondorfs. Idris Elba, Ron Perlman, Malcolm McDowell, James Spader. Wow. Oldest Link telling the story. Giancarlo Esposito, Jack Gleason, Donald Glover, Brian Danielson, Takumi Saito. <laughs> Zelda, okay. Candace Patton, Anya Taylor-Joy, Chloe Grace Moretz, Iman Villani. That is, okay. Wow, okay. That's okay. So not exactly you put a lot a of thought into this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that covers everything. Yeah. I don't even have a joke to like, make about That all sounds awesome. <laughs> Let's see, from threads.net, Raccoon Hale says, all himbo Zelda of, oh man, Timothy Chalamet, Ryan Gosling, Terry Crews, or my preferred (laughs) all Latin trio of primos, Ignacio Diaz Silverio for Link, formerly of Riverdale, Camila Mendez for Zelda, (laughs) and the jaw-droppingly handsome Oscar Isaac as Ganon. Unfortunately, actually, Oscar Isaac would be a dope Ganon. Uh, Such out-of-the-box options are not going to happen. Fortunately, I will always have Gerudo Valley. Um, I'm not sure. There's a really good Timothy Chalamet SNL sketch Hmm. this week. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, because you should watch them all, because, like, I don't want to love that guy. He's really good, and it's impossible he's not cast as Link. It's impossible. I like I like that trio. I I want to see Timothy Chalamet as Ganon, uh, Ryan Gosling as Link, <laughs> and Terry Crews as Zelda. Like that's I could get behind that. <laughs> what <laughs> you thought you could take the truck for? <laughs> exactly. I want I want him at eleven the whole time. Right. Oh. Ganon's got odor-blocking power! Yeah, I was going to exactly. say, that you energy. just want him from the Old Spice commercial, yeah. that Terry Crews. Yes. From X, uh, I think we got to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger for Ganon. Yeah, Link, heat the, heat the electricity back at me with your sword. Uh, <laughs> Will Polt, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name because I've only read it, but he's a great Adam Warlock. Uh We'll oh, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. could see that. As Link, yeah. uh, Zelda Williams as Zelda for obvious reasons, and why not? Danny DeVito has not a... <laughs> hey, <laughs> look! Listen! Hey, listen! <laughs> listen! Listen! <laughs> you gotta buy your guns on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> Does Zelda Williams actually act? I mean, I, I genuinely uh, don't know. I think she directs or produces oh, at this cool. point, so... I mean, she was in a, at least one commercial. I can confirm that. Uh, Eddie.Bisky.Social says, Going Timothy Chalamet for Link, Samara yep. Weaving for Zelda, and Dave Bautista for Ganon. Dave Bautista <laughs> for Ganon is a fairly popular A lot popular of Dave pick. Bautista yeah. votes for Ganon, for sure. Ooh, ooh, I gotta read this one. Trey Johnson, he, first of all, he made an entire thread of wow. AEW wrestlers to fill all of the roles. So I do recommend go checking that out at Nintendo underscore domain. Very and that clever. dude needs to check out the new Like a Dragon game. Jesus Christ. Uh, yes. So I made a thread about AEW wrestlers that uh, I'd like to see. TLDR, Orange Cassidy is Link because he always puts up a good fight against all odds. <laughs> sure. And I can see him talk. kicking over pots you're, with his hands in his pocket. You're missing the obvious part about him not talking. Uh, or rarely talking. Tony Storm as Zelda. And, oh, I really like this one. Christian Cage as Ganondorf. Like, yeah, Christian as Ganondorf, I can see it. Like, um, You think you should have access to the Triforce, but your dad is dead. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Christian Cage reference. I don't watch wrestling. 
I don't know who any of these people are. Don't expect uh, me to laugh. From, from Blueski uh, Tap Back on Blueski says, Perfect cast. Chris Pratt is Link. Anna Taylor-Joy is Zelda. Jack Black is Ganon. I hear the internet loves Chris Pratt. What could go wrong? Bonus, Seth Rogen demonstrating his wide acting range with an Oscar-worthy performance as Impa. (laughs) (laughs) I can get behind it. Uh, Little Terror at Little Terror dot and Terror, the the O is a zero, dot Bisky dot social. You, Matt, and Chris, or Chris Pratt for all of them. Wait, are you Damn implying it. Chris Pratt could replace all three of us on this podcast? I, I think Chris Chris Pratt has proven himself to be such an everyman that, like, he is an acceptable voice for just about any character. Like, yes, this is fine. It's not great. His Garfield is fine. Yeah. Uh, not fantastic. I don't it's, have the energy to hate on it. I don't no, care. No. But like, yeah, Bill I, Murray was a pretty phenomenal Garfield. Yeah, if be I'm honest. being honest, I'm not going to watch it anyway. I don't care about Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck do I care who's voicing Garfield? Other than that it. Halloween special, I've never really cared about anything Garfield. I would Garfield not watch the either. Garfield movie for money if you bought me a house. Like, I just, there's, there's like no way I would get in. So, yeah, it almost doesn't matter. A much, uh, a much better Garfield, Danny DeVito, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, H. John Benjamin, and I'm still, uh, I'd never want to let it go. Cast Matt Berry, you cowards. Yes. Matt- <laughs> yes. John Arbuckle, you tired virgin. <laughs> but he's, he's the opposite of what you want Garfield to be. He's enthusiastic about everything. You you want Garfield to be, you know, bored and disengaged. So. Oh, do they mean me- casting me as Ganondorf? That I'm down with. Hmm. Matt! Michael, I'll get I mean, you! I was going to ask us, which role would we all play? Uh, Navi, clearly. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be that buff uh, shark dude that everyone had a crush no, on. No, I'm going to give myself yeah. that. I'd be Error. Someone else was saying, like, Matt Berry should play Error. Uh, I should play Error. <laughs> I am Error! <laughs> error! <laughs> Yes, I can hear you, Navi. I am yes, looking I and listening. <laughs> God, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Uh, although no one did name the guy who plays Nandor from what we do in the shadows, and he oh. should be involved somehow in this. He should be. Well. And he should refer to every. I could. Colin Robinson. <laughs> I, I just that's the only impression I can do of Nandor. Colin Robinson. My favorite Muppet is the Count. Uh, he doesn't count. I can assure you he does. I can assure you he does, Guillermo. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Wolf so Studios Art says, after seeing him in Blade Runner 2049, Dave Batista could play a tortured, brooding Wind Waker uh, Tears of Kingdom style Ganondorf, and yeah. he's got the perfect physical presence. Linker Zelda, let's uh, keep the wrestling thing going with Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes. That was, and Dustin Goldust Rhodes in drag as Zelda. <laughs> oh, he's just touching his nipples the whole time. It's fucking great. <laughs> that is Grimm's best Halloween costume of all time when he went full Goldust at yeah. uh, a place of business we were at. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the first podcast we did. I asked him on the spot, who's your personal favorite wrestler? And he was just like, Goldust. Like, it's such a weird character, and it is playing into homophobic panic, but, like, that dude embodied, did that for years. <laughs> and, like, 
always sold it. God, Dustin Rhodes Dude is Dude still shit. wrestles, by the way. He yeah. still is in better shape now than he was back then. So. Yeah. And he is the son of a son of a plumber, baby. That is it's Dustin true. Rhodes' oldest boy. The baby boy, baby. Every time I look at Michael Rapara's butt, I get hard times, daddy. <laughs> hard times. <laughs> they give you a gold watch, which guy got lost up Michael Rapara's butt, baby. Hard yeah, time. just like in Pulp Fiction, baby. Christopher mm-hmm. Walker's going to come out and describe it He was it holding to on me. to it for safekeeping, baby. Goddamn, daddy. <laughs> Cram that unforgiving hunk of metal up my ass. <laughs> All right, new question of the week. Uh, what is your number one defining game of the last gen and why? I'm going to say one that we didn't say uh, during the top five that turned out to be a top six. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is, uh, I think, one of the most rewarding open world games that I've played. I, I think uh, it took a lot of what I loved about Assassin's Creed 4, which could also qualify for this because it did come out with the PS4, although it was like a cross-gen game. It was a cross-gen. Yes. I think uh, Black Flag is like... Yeah, Black Flag was mm-hmm. the, the cross-gen game, AC4. Okay. Um, but then Odyssey kind of took a lot of what made that gameplay great and expanded it and refined it. And like now you've not only got a ship that you can explore uh, the, the waters around Greece with, but you can dive below the waves and fight sharks and explore sunken ruins and... Uh, they just kind of like this was the game where they also just said, you know what? To hell with it. Uh, monster mythological monsters are everywhere. It's all explained away because of the uh, the Isu, the the first civilization. But uh, it lets us have why not fight a cyclops? Why not riddle with the Sphinx? To hell with it. You got to go uh, to heaven and hell in the DLC. That's <laughs> it's true. Pretty epic. You guys have been pretty. Like Odyssey stands for a while, and I, I, I got to say, I didn't truly appreciate it until I played Mirage, which was a great throwback. To but I just I hadn't Assassin's Creed was so iterative, I didn't see how crazy Odyssey seems compared to Mirage. Hmm. Like, is this even the same series? It, it's, yeah, it's it's totally a little, a little different. Crazy, yeah. Like thinking in the same series, Odyssey did everything that Origins did just way bigger yeah. <laughs> took it all to to 11 mm-hmm. and did a lot more of it and was uh one of my one of my favorite assassins like cassandra specifically like um anyone who played as alexios don't talk to me we, i mean I, not. I played as alexios and no, and i did it because people on my team at work were playing as cassandra it's like all right someone should get this other perspective and i like <laughs> alexios a lot they're both kind of goofy characters but uh, Alexios is always playing a character. He's like the Fabio of in a in a uh, pasta commercial or something. Oh uh, yeah. But is, is the canon big. is canon now that Cassandra was the main hero because she? Yes. God, spoiler. She is the one I who has so. appeared in other games since. Yeah, like, she like, she cameos. crossed over into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So it, like, yeah, did she get the did did only one of them get the DLC or am I incorrect? Oh, well, it's. That game, you just choose from one of them, and then whichever one you didn't choose becomes the main antagonist of the game, yes. basically. Yeah. And, so. and yeah, both characters are reflected across all the DLC. Um, mm. But yeah, the C- Cassandra, I think, has kind of emerged as the. And I'm not, I don't know if there's an official statement on this, so don't quote me on this, but I believe she's the, the canon character now. I would, I would think so, because she is the one that is cameoed and stuff, so mm-hmm. that would make sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. she's awesome. And you it, should play that game if you haven't already. I will go ahead and say mine, which is a game you guys shit on at the beginning what? of the show. Uh, the Witcher 3. 
Oh, no, I didn't shit on it. I just said, you know, if we're we're talking about open world games. I I would have had rather have Witcher 3 here than Metal Gear or Red Dead. I think I'm the only one on the show, though, who has played all the way through it and its DLCs, which if you do that, it's like a 200-hour-plus experience. It's a very, Mm -hmm. very long game. I mean, if you do all the side stuff. And I did. Um, That game, I loved it. I had I had tried other Witcher games before that, and they never really took. I even actually had tried Witcher three at launch and went, "Whoa, there's there's so much cool shit here for me to love." I'm overwhelmed. There's other things I want to play. I will come back to this. So I did. I came back to it later, and it took me about like three months to get all the way through everything. But I was I was glad I came back to it. Like all the DLC was out and stuff, and it's like that game goes places. I mm. fell in love with Geralt, the character. Siri, all that stuff. So I am, um, yeah, I, I, I really love that game. I think it's the perfect mix of voice acting, narrative devices, and like making things, again, in all these games, it's just like, I'm talking to a guy, go to this side of the map, do things that you do as <laughs> whatever your character is, fight, sword. It made all that feel really meaningful and important to what you were doing and felt the missions felt so different. Uh, the mm. only reason I, I never got fully into it because I didn't play it at launch and I was always trying to pick it up in between new games. Over, I was overwhelmed with how good Witcher 3 is. I, I would have voted for it in this, this list because uh, over games I had more experience with. But you did. It's certainly the most. I did. I said this. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most gamey game. It's, there's so much to that game. Um and so much of it that you don't see because, you know, the, the CD Projekt Red folks do this thing of like, hey, depending on what you chose, we're going to block off a portion of this game. You're never going to see this shit. So look at I, I did. And, and if we're talking about influential, like what else is there like out there other than Witcher 3? Like cyberpunk is all cyberpunk. you have. Yeah. It didn't it, it didn't influence anything because it's too expensive and hard. Uh, and this is really, really dumb mine, but it's worth a mention. Just because uh, off mic, we were like, what were the good Xbox exclusives of this generation? <laughs> and it's it's like hard Look to wrap your head around. Like the <laughs> Crimson Dragon, which is to uh, – it was a – Phil Spencer said it. Like we lost the most important generation. You had the most – it wasn't the worst Halo. It's just the most uninteresting Halo. Guardians. Anybody? <laughs> Do we remember this game? No, yeah. no, no one remembers it. Uh, uh, vaguely, yeah. Crackdown three. I remember a non gamer came to my house. I'm like, did you hook up an old console? What is this? <laughs> it, it, like, uh, yeah, it was it was rough. And like mm-hmm. the weirdest 360 exclusive I could think of was Titanfall. Mm-hmm. I I played a ton around, of Titan around launch. I remember. Yeah. I, well, yeah. It was a year <laughs> after launch. You're on about, the wrong generation, though. Sorry, you're, you said 360. You mean Xbox One exclusive? Yeah, sorry. Xbox One exclusive. Uh, but it was an Xbox One exclusive. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. why the stellar Titanfall 2 tanked like it did. Uh, but I love that you asked, what's your favorite exclusive <laughs> experience of that generation? And the why? The why? I remember even, like, Tyler, like, you were, you were number one on the leaderboard. What is, he would, like, watch me mow through people and the why is because it's an xbox exclusive because i wasn't playing pc and ps4 people Mm. i was so good at titanfall but like titanfall one was a really good game 
It's the, the, uh, the, the game journalist conundrum. Like, man, I am the best at this game when the leaderboard yep, mm-hmm. only has a hundred people. Oh on yeah. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have been owned if people picked that up like Apex Legend. But uh, I, my power fantasies were like I remember even Chris Waters called it like even little moments become an awesome moment simulator. Like getting in and out of your Titan are really fucking fun. If you missed out on all of that experience, I guess you can't get. Still can't get Titanfall. I don't know if it's available on PS. I, I looked before the show. I don't think it's available on PlayStation at all. Two is. Yeah, not the um, first one. But uh, you can get it on Game Pass. I played Titanfall 2 recently. It's fucking excellent. It's very, very good. And they got it working again. With all the There was a yeah. lot of online server issues and stuff. Yeah, and they uh, fixed all that. It's, it's, it's really, really good. And a great single-player campaign, which the first one did not. That single-player campaign was a... a fucking joke it was like playing against bots in multiplayer maps and a guy would appear in a max headroom thing over ah yeah this is gonna do great for our society (laughs) like there were no (laughs) cutscenes. um like it it, it was so half-ass for a Mm -hmm. campaign like just don't have a campaign uh but it was titanfall yeah titanfall was one of my more notable experiences I i i switched sides uh halfway through that that generation mm-hmm. because like i remember when it started out you remember i think part of xbox's problem was all the stuff that i don't know if you remember chris we argued about on the show yeah. uh because you were a big proponent of stuff like they, they were saying like oh yeah no more used games you'll pop in a game once and then it'll just be yours forever and and you won't have to, you can throw the disc away and uh like, I was, and, and, but you'll always have to have an internet connection, and then it wasn't so much I was a proponent of that. I was at that time I was using Steam more than anything. Mm. Like, guess what? Steam has always on DL, D, DRM as well. It still does. Yeah, but you don't but, necessarily need to have an always on internet connection in order to use Steam. You can use it offline. Uh, it's and, true, and but that's you know I I feel like digital downloads became. Uh, like a, a really, really big thing, much bigger than they'd been before. I just thought Xbox bore the brunt of that being used. I, I'm very much a fan of used games and picking up games. And like I said earlier in the show, but like that is where games were going. And if it was going to save us money, mm-hmm. I was kind of all for that. And game pass, I think grew out of that because that's what that is. You cannot play a game pass game very easily when you are offline and I have not been off since I switched from Comcast to a local fiber provider. I have never had to reset my router. I never have not have internet Comcast (laughs) and AT&T were the worst. There were always outages. Uh, Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Like I don't want to be online all the time. Like if my internet is out, I am panicking for 18 other reasons beyond right. my gaming. But but sure. also, in addition to that, like at Pac didn't connect, it was sort of a hard sell. It for, like, oh, it right awful. out the gate, it, it lost to dollars more. And then I kind of switched over when uh, the Xbox One X came out because all of a sudden, like, the hardware got a big improvement. The yeah. UI got a big improvement. Uh, like, yeah, it's like all of a sudden, this is a much better experience and this is the best place to play games. And then the it's, PS4 Pro came out, and it's like, oh, this is pretty good. It's not as good. But, it, like, it didn't come out with a Game Pass situation. That's true. Whereas, like, here, here's, a, here's a reason for free to download a bunch of games you may have played 15 years ago with enhancements on four, in 4K. 
you're I, I, before when we were doing this in the break, I went through my Xbox app list about like, and you could see how much I played, and then for a long time didn't play because I was playing exclusively on PS4. And towards the end of the generation, that One X really won me over. Yeah, uh, to the Xbox experience. At the end of the day, that's yeah. why I bought a Series X. And and if anything, that was what the this Xbox Series kind of faltered out of the gate. Is it like you know? Plug in your new console. And it's like it's exactly like the one you were just using. Yeah. It was. It was almost sad. Yeah. But like, uh, that's the way things are going. And like, we were on the show, and Jr. played that clip of like, what's Adam? What's his nuts handing a used game to Kazurai? Like you can. Here's mm-hmm. how you trade games: just hand it to your friend and like, ha ha. I don't ever do that anymore. (laughs) But, you know, I I did it all the time in school, and I imagine... Yeah, I did it all the time when I was a child, but, like, people aren't at my house playing games. I want cheap, fast, free games, and and towards the end of the generation, the Xbox became, like, I like this ecosystem. There are more more and better exclusives on PlayStation, period. I never didn't play that, but I prefer the Xbox environment and kind of still do. Hmm. It, but yeah, Xbox lost that generation. I am in yep. the minority here. Yeah. All right. So, what is your number one defining game of the last generation, and why? Yeah. Let us know. Go to uh, the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there we can answer, or ping us on Twitter, Blue Sky, or Threads, and uh, we will at, at VG Apocalypse. I should say on all three, we will read the answers on next week's show. Um, I mean, it's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. What do you guys got? Uh, Patreon.com slash laser time. It's still not too late to check out the Evil Dead uh, season of Elm Street Nightmare, season four. Uh, six episodes talking about the whole Evil Dead series. Uh, Strange Brew and Vacation. We just did an 80s in depth on both of those. Those should be up. Sure, Please sure it's not to Strange enjoy. Brews. Stop it. <laughs> uh, then, uh, and then. Um, 302010 this week, I, I, I talked about, uh, Michael and I were talking off mic about old boy and like how good old boy is after 20 years that I mm. totally forgot. I can't recommend that movie to people without tr- massive trigger warnings. Cause oh, it's yeah. all, it, I was like, I think I was a little hardened back then. And like, it's so fantastical. It washes over you how fucking crazy that movie is and how violent and, into other depraved areas it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I <laughs> don't want to spoil it here. You can... Uh, well, and then I had to watch... I had to watch simultaneously, like, one after another, Dallas Buyers Club and The Cat in the Hat. Oh, my God. And, like, what is a more miserable <laughs> double feature that you could watch in the universe? The Cat in the Hat with 54, because uh, then you, you watch uh, Michael Myers as the Cat in the Hat, and then you get to see him throwing up cum. there are cum jokes in the cat in the hat movie it's unbelievable (laughs) it's unbelievable that fucking movie like it it it, it's i've never seen someone like dig up an author's grave and piss so thoroughly in the skeleton's mouth (laughs) i'm a mike myers defender this is for all those racist caricatures of the japanese i was upset he was a work for hire guy Mm uh man i Dude, for some reason, the memories on my phone pulled that up. Like, why did I take pictures of all this? Like, Michael and I were talking about racist old Dr. Seuss work. Uh, (laughs) His political (laughs) cartoons from the 40s. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. I bought a comprehensive 
biography of Dr. Seuss, like, it was from 15 years ago. Warts and all, baby, warts mm-hmm. and all. It's it's really disturbing. <laughs> well, I, I remember, uh, so Diana and I watched, like, the original Korean old boy and the Spike Lee remake back to back on oh. two different nights. I think the biggest difference might be that Josh Brolin's version is, like, they're both assholes. His is much less they make feral. Him- like the 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 Korean version is like he acts like a feral human being. Like he, they gave him a haircut. Yeah, they well that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just the mannerisms. Like he's he's just wildly unpredictable in the original. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's fucking terrible. And again, shout out to Tyler Wilde. That came out. We watched it, and I remember like, bro, I love you. I need to watch the original version because i hate this so much <laughs> and i remember him like sitting back in the couch like whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> he sat through back to back two wow. old boys because <laughs> tyler's the shit oh shout out to the tyler wild memorial studio yeah that guy's wild mm. man mm-hmm. wild and crazy um matt you got anything uh, let's see. Well, I think it's safe to say we have all now platinumed Spider-Man 2. Yes. Yes, the three of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. So oh! It means we can record an apocalypse guide in. Mm-hmm. If, if our special fourth guest gets through it. Yes, we're waiting on one. Waiting on one at this point. So, um, yeah, look forward to that on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash laser time. Um, no promises yet. I'm not talking like next week or anything, folks, but soon. Sooner. Yes. Soon, and it's again, it's it's five dollars, almost half of an Omni Man uh, playable character. <laughs> Our prices half have man. not adjusted for inflation, nor has the payments. Things are getting rough out here, folks. All right. Well, uh, as always, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky, and Threads at VG Apocalypse. You can follow me personally on those platforms at Wikiparas. Uh, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. if you have like 18 porn windows open i need all in 4k VR. how do you not immediately lose interest in those after you you finish had a porky pig moment there <laughs> a, bit, a, bit, a bit a boner